Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Okay, here's what happens when I think I'm clever. <laughs> I was typing away my uh, my live chat, and I have uh, another exciting day in the world of controllers and controlled, <laughs> except for the resistance, and that includes us. <laughs> and I'm typing this away, and I got this, this this little British voice in my head that says, "Your show will begin in five seconds." I'm like, "Oh no, this is crazy." Anyway, so I've rearranged everything. I try not to make noise during the theme because it shows up on the recording. Uh, it's pretty crazy, but that's what happens. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about. I just sent Brianna something. Uh, about 15 minutes before showtime. And I, it's, it's a recent call I just discovered it this morning. So pretty much everything here is last minute, but it's more fun that way. And so uh, I sent it to her. And we're going to talk about this. Hopefully we'll see. Who knows? Let's see what she has on, on her mind, first of all. But um, let's get into our government inquiry report and uh, get rolling today. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combined into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. All right, so I want to, first of all, congratulate Brianna. Brianna's done something pretty incredible for us, uh, and that is to create an Instagram account. So if you haven't seen it, you have to go take a look. It's at actionradio.citizenlegislature. So I just want to give you a round of applause. For your amazing efforts. Thank you very much for contributing once again to the Action Radio Citizen Legislature. Good morning, Brianna. How you doing? Good morning. Good. All right. Yeah. So you had an exciting week. What's uh, what's been on your mind? What uh, what you been thinking? Yeah, I actually had a really great weekend too. Um, we went mm. uh, we went to a church in Missouri. And we got to um, go to, like, three different services with um, Keith Moore and Kenneth Copeland, and it was absolutely amazing. I am not familiar with them, so so tell me, who are they? Um, I wasn't either before I went um, went to this church. My mom would okay. listen to it um, while she would work. Um, me and her listen to different pastors, so it's kind of interesting whenever we get to share those. And so we went up and we did this healing school with Kenneth mm-hmm. Copeland that mm. Saturday morning, and it was it was amazing, uh, miraculous. And then we did his afternoon sermon, and then in the morning, uh, Sunday morning, that's whenever we did Keith Moore's. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think that's are these the folks that you up. could. Are these folks that you could ever bring on the show? Uh, I don't know how big and popular and, and reachable they are, or is this a, was this like a special thing for this church? Um, I mean, I could definitely try. I mean, they are pretty big, but yeah, I could definitely okay. try. 
Yeah, you can always try. I mean, I'm trying to get Donald Trump. What are my chances, right? But someday, you know, you never know. So you kind of work your way up the chain. So talk to folks that they know and people that they know. And, you know, I got uh, Dr. Zelenko uh, fairly early on in the process in 2020 because I had a friend in Brooklyn who knew him. And so it's, uh, it's just one of those connections, just one of those lucky connections that's uh, just one of my, my multiple Facebook friends. And I've tried to build, uh, I've got, uh, I don't know, what, 1,800 now? And the last, I'd say, 800 are all activists. <laughs> so I'm building this entire, you know, cadre of, of, uh, of like-minded uh, people, which is kind of interesting. And so they all know people. And so everybody knows somebody. So you never know. It, it's worth trying. Uh, it's worth taking a look. So what is, what's the, what, it was called the healing, what did you call it exactly? It sounds interesting. It's called a healing school, and it was oh. kind of like just um, a service, I guess, because we didn't really know what to expect. And it was a, it was a, just like an ordinary church service, but it was all over, like, the power of healing. Hmm. How is that different from, say, Christian science, uh, the folks that uh, um, sort of avoid doctors, uh, unless they, I guess things get really desperate. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure how that works. So Christian scientists are, are, are rather well known for not believing in doctors and use prayer as their only treatment. Uh, I don't think that makes sense to me because if God didn't want us to use medical treatment, you know, we wouldn't have the knowledge of how to do it. Uh, so I question that. But how, how is church healing, say, different from, uh, from Christian science? Or do you know? Um, well, I know for me it? personally and within my family, um, uh-huh. the way that I guess we view it is, you know, God gave us, you know, things on this earth to help us, to heal us and stuff, right? You uh-huh. know, we don't rely on just prayer and stuff to feed us. We we use the food to feed us. So I think of, in that case, you know, prayer is a huge part of our healing and stuff. But, you know, um, also medication and doctors can help with that. And, you know, it is a strong point. You know, doctors can be very untrustworthy and it can be very risky. And so always, I guess, what Christians first go to is prayer. Because if Mm -hmm. they can get, you know, a blessing or a miracle where they don't have to go to have surgery or go through, you know, chemotherapy or have any of those medical treatments where they can be healed by, you know, the miracles of God, then of course that's preferable, but that's probably preferable to anybody, you know, not, not only Christians. So, but I think they both kind of work together in reality. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. You know, I, I just wrote down Jehovah's, <laughs> yeah, I just wrote down Jehovah's witness, uh, like folks who don't uh, uh, believe in using like the public blood supply for transfusions. And especially now when you think of COVID, you know, one of the first things we talked about back in 2020 was a vaccine free blood supply. And so that, so what they were doing, you know, that we thought was, well, that's interesting, you know, uh, now it actually makes a lot of sense. And so a lot of these practices, uh, and it leads me to think, are there, are there Christian doctors? In other words, is there a, uh, uh, a difference in terms of, of practice? You know, so this is what I'm curious about the, the healing school. And so it, it's a prayer combination with as a different kind of medicine, more natural medicine, uh, less, uh, you know, sort of like avoiding some of the government protocols, which were the things that really killed people in COVID. What killed people in COVID was not COVID. What killed people was the government protocols uh, with COVID. Uh, and so it's, it's uh, and Christians being independent people, especially of government, I'm just curious if there's a, if there's a healing component of an independence, of more of an approach with, you know, with God to healing, of using what's, what's natural, what's out there, and what makes sense, as opposed to a government protocol, you know, especially taking money for a particular practice or, or method of doing things. What do you think? Christian doctors that I personally know, um, uh-huh. I think it's like a mixture of things. You know, they try okay. and find like the best solution. 
Um, but honestly, I don't know that many Christian doctors. So well, I don't, think, I I don't even know if it's a thing. I, mean, I, I literally just thought of it. Like, like I think of most things, it kind of pops into my head you know, during the course of the show. But I'm just wondering, uh, because I know there's a lot of folks. Well, you take like some of the folks, on, the regulars on the show, like Dr. Judy Mikovits, who's on a regular basis. Uh, if I ever want to talk to her, I, I can probably uh, you know, figure out a way to do that. But uh, she's always talking about God. She's always talking about um, you know, things like that. Uh, there we go. So uh, Marco's checked in in the Netherlands. So we're, we're international already this morning. So that's kind of cool. Good morning, Marco. <laughs> He's at work. It's in the afternoon in uh, the Netherlands right now. Um, but um, uh, that, just this and whole idea is quite interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. And something you're saying is when minutes ago reminded me of something that I found and I pulled it up. And okay. it's basically somebody posted a template. And I guess they worked with a doctor to create this template for huh. um like if you go to the hospital. And so I'm gonna right. read this basically like denying the vaccine. And so I'm gonna read through it. It's basically like um um just a form to sign, I guess. Okay. And it says this is a notice of duty of care. As an admitted patient to this health facility, and then that's where you'd write down, I guess, the name of whatever hospital. Mm-hmm. And this is I, and then I guess that's where you'd write your name, hereby mm-hmm. declare that I have full knowledge of the Z19 vaccination and related boosters whose LHNP, lipid hydrogel, hydrogel, nanoparticles, muscular, testicular, and ovarian inflammation, and occasionally sudden deaths. I further declare that I have full knowledge of the potential to develop myocarditis, immune deficiency syndromes, proteinaceous clots, and turbo cancers due to the C19 vaccines. Therefore, be advised that I, if I am administered any version of a C19 or mRNA vaccine of any type, I am at risk of harm. Please place this notice in my hospital chart. Do not harm me. Do not administer any vaccine of any kind during my admission. I will not accept any such treatment or risk of harm by any member of this hospital staff. This notice is for my protection and to inform the hospital staff of theirs. Um, and then I think there's more, but that's all that it shows. Right that's here. fascinating. What's, what's the title of that form now? What's it called? This is great. Um, the title I see is, this is a notice of duty of care. Here, I can see if I can send this to you. Yeah, well, you have to do it right now, but uh, this is fascinating. So this is another thing that's happening. So uh, again, Judy Mikovits has, uh, has, I forgot what she's calling it, uh, Global Tech MD or something like that. Let me go through my notes here real quick. But uh, this is, this healthcare is separating. Uh, it's separating into two completely different areas of, uh, of independent care of independent doctors, you know, away from the government practices and the government protocols. You know, the government protocol in, in COVID was sit at home, wait until you're turning blue from lack of oxygen, go to the hospital, get remdesivir, which causes your kidneys to fail, and then go on a ventilator, which kills you. That was the government response to COVID. And that's what killed the most people. Um, the correct response, oh, Global Tech MD, that's what it was. So I found it here. So, so you can uh, check out that sometime, Global Tech MD. It's a global movement of independent doctors away from government doctors and government protocols. So the correct response to COVID was what Dr. Zelenko discovered early on. Uh, vitamin D3, vitamin C, zithromycin, hydroxychloroquine, and zinc. And so we talked about that from the very beginning. And the folks that got that were, you know, for the most part, okay. The folks that got the government treatment, for the most part, died. You know, and the evidence is clear. The ones that died aren't with us. And the ones that are okay are still here. You know, and so the independence <laughs> of that, has, well, I mean, I know that sounds kind of crazy, simple to say it like that, but that's, that's pretty much what happened. 
you know, and those of us that didn't get the vaccine are, are you know, we don't have blood clots. We're doing fine, except for the, the shedders. And now they're trying to put in the food supply. And that's a whole different question. We can take that up if you want. Um, but there's, there's an independent movement forming. Like if I ever go back to the hospital, now I had open heart surgery um, back in 2016. Yeah, it's right after my, my 57th birthday. Right before Donald Trump got elected, so I got uh, I got home from the hospital about two days before the election. It was fascinating. So this is, this is my first you know re uh, re re is well, I guess you know rebirth back into you know real life after after that uh, incredible experience. Anyway, the point was I thank God that it was before COVID um, because I don't know if they would have gotten me out the same way. Um, but uh, it, it was it was interesting. Um, but then I had a, a recent you know one of those over sixty year old checks. Uh, and the first thing I'm, I'm saying is to the hospital, I, do you have vaccines here? And they're like, no, we don't. We don't even have them in the building. It's like, great, thank you. Okay, now I feel better. Because they had a, a permission form. You know, have you taken the COVID vaccines? So I don't even want to say this. I don't want anything to do with this. You know, and that was my concern. It was my first concern was, you know, when I get my little hospital check, um, are they going to sneak a vaccine into me when I'm not looking to make money? And they assured me no. And as far as, as I know, no, it didn't happen. Because uh, the healthcare folks I talked to were pretty good, but they, they understood too. Most of the healthcare people hadn't had it either. <laughs> it's really interesting. So that's why I'm not mentioning any names here. Um, but um, but it is fascinating. We're becoming a two-tiered uh, medical system. There are government doctors that follow the government protocols and make the big bucks, and there are independent gov- the practitioners that actually you know practice real health and use all kinds of different things. You know, natural cures. Uh, their own medicine, you know, things like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and stuff like that. So the medical world is really splitting up. And this is something you're going to have to face more than me because it's going to be more, more of your world. But what do, you, what do you think of for, for like now and for the future in terms of medicine? You know, where are you likely to go and what are you, what are you likely to look for um, in terms of maybe even separate blood supplies, things like that? What do you think? Yeah. You know, first it's kind of sad that we're at that point where we have to – you know, add additional insights or have to ask all these questions or do all this research just to find mm-hmm. a doctor who won't hurt you, you know? Yeah, but, that's a huge that's kind of revelation. To the purpose. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. It's absolutely true, yeah. I mean, just uh, that's the scariest thing I've heard in a long time, though, that we have to do all this research to find a doctor that won't hurt us. Now, think about what you just said, because it is, it is uh, both scary and brilliant at the same time, because the whole idea of doctors is they're supposed to help you. So now we're, that's been reversed. We're looking at doctors as, you know, let's, let's make sure that they don't hurt us. Well, why would the, medical, why would the first thing you think of the medical profession is to find someone that won't hurt you? But, and yet that's absolutely what's going on right now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I remember for back, me personally, mm-hmm. I don't like using, like, meditation on its own except in, like, extreme circumstances. So I try not to use medicine, like, at all. Like, if it's a headache or something, I'll just, like, let it pass. Um, so or figure out why you have a headache. Things, yeah, figure out why you have a headache. Usually if you have a headache, there's something bothering you. So if you figure out what's bothering you, chances are your headache's going to go away. That's what I've always done. I don't take aspirin or Tylenol or any yeah. of those things. Yeah, never have. Yeah, and I know one of the, like, um, triggers of, like, um, headaches and stuff that mm-hmm. I guess sparks it is like caffeine. If you have a lot of caffeine, mm-hmm. so or if like, you stop drinking because a lot of, of people drink, <laughs> yeah, a ton of caffeine. Yep. Whether it's like soda or coffee, and so those things can cause those. And instead of like you know cutting back or something, they take a bunch of medicine. 
Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm. So overall, natural things yeah. are better than like things that are produced in labs and stuff. Um, anything that's modified, I think you have more of a risk with those things. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't take any medicine. Uh, I'm over sixty. Uh, <laughs> Marco says I can easily drink twenty cups of coffee a day. Yeah, Marco, you're in IT. I guess they demand that you work, you know, twenty-five hour days or <laughs> something like that. Uh, so. It, uh, Brianna, if you want to talk directly to Marco, he's on live chat. So if you're looking at your broadcast page, uh, you can see him right there. So uh, feel free to, to you, know, you guys can talk to each other. That'd be kind of interesting, actually. Um, I want to switch over a little bit to something that I just sent you before the show, or unless you have anything, unless you have further on this, or there's another topic um, of burning interest to you. But I'm kind of curious to get your opinion on something. Yeah, there's one. We can talk about it a different day, but um, I actually have a friend who is a Jehovah's Witness, and we've had, like, a lot of long conversations and, you know, comparing huh. our religions and what we believe. So I could probably talk about what I've learned one day. Sure. That but, actually, why don't you bring, why don't you bring so that, your friend on? Yeah, I talked to her about that, but because of her religion, she can't do anything that associates with politics. That would leave us out. We associate everything with politics because <laughs> everything is political. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. Okay. So, I've so what tried. Have you, yeah, no, I, I, listen, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, I love your Instagram, Instagram account. Um, I'm going to drive you crazy, though, because the schedule changes. And you've made these incredible panels uh, for the different things that, uh, that are on it. Um, and uh, I, I've already thinking of a change. I'll tell you about off the air. But, we might have, but it, it, that's going to be a constant thing, but we'll work with it. Um, anyway, any comments on your Instagram? I mean, it's a beautiful, uh, you know, account that you've created for us. How'd you do that? Yeah. Canva, and I just use a bunch of graphics and animations and change colors and fonts and stuff. And then whenever, and then I just take the information of the show and then I put it into that format and try different things um, and try and correlate it with it. And for the schedule changes, the way it is, if you go into it, you can just, it's kind of like um, a document. You can just go in and backspace and type something new. So it's really simple to go in and change it. Good. All right. That makes me feel better. I just post the, uh, our Instagram account, actionradio.citizenlegislature. So anybody wants to go take a look at it. Marco in the Netherlands, feel free to just share it everywhere. You know, we, need, we need to get a, a Netherlands action radio crew. Uh, they had the world's most gorgeous reporter there, Eva Vanderlingbroek. I forgot what her name is, but she was on with uh, Tucker Carlson um, talking about some of the, the world food problems and everybody eating bugs. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other topic sometime. Okay, anyway, what you got in mind for, for today? And then, like I say, I want to spend a few minutes uh, on Glenn, Glenn Greenwald's article. Uh, with, he's actually published the, the secret documents, which I don't think are all that secret. I think this is a plant, but that's what I want to, I want to get your opinion on that. Anyway, so you have a topic for us? which I'm sure you do. Um, yes. So originally I had planned to continue with um, the stuff in the other two weeks, kind of recap what we've gone over and go into another segment of this. And then there was a couple of side things that I thought would be interesting to question. Um, okay, but actually one of the things of those side ones actually kind of correl- like correlates with this. Because huh. whenever I, you know, see a lot of like the news of this, people are blowing up like, who's responsible for letting this leak out? You know, they're all angry about this leak. Who's the leak? Why? Like everybody's treating like, you know, it's horrible and stuff. Well, uh-huh. what, what's kind of funny to me is usually you'd think the reaction of Americans to leaked documents is to figure out, what was the leaked document? What are they hiding from us? We want to know. But no, mm-hmm. it, it's switched. Just, 
And I was like, well, that's kind of surprising. <laughs> but cause some people are, you know, calling him a hero and stuff for leaking this stuff. And so one of yeah, the I questions am. that I have with this is, <laughs> yeah. and I've tried to look this up on, you know, Google and DuckDuck, and I haven't found anything good. Um, but my question was, why was this leaked classified information designated classified? Like why? Like, and then I was like, okay, so what are the requirements of having a classified document? What makes a classified document classified? And the only thing I found was that the originator or a foreign policy or national security staff member, they just designate it as. Mm-hmm. There's no, at least of what I have found, there's no criteria for what makes something classified. So guess what happened then? I had an idea. <laughs> To write Uh-oh. a bill outlining the requirements to make something classified, but I haven't started on it yet. I just had the idea. Well, that's a great idea. So what no, do you I'm think? all for it. I, I love it. You know, I love all your ideas pretty much. Um, but yeah, this absolutely do that. We did something. Uh, I forgot what it was. There was another bill idea. It's on my. I have like 179 bill ideas uh, in one of my files on, on my computer, and one of them was to that before anybody in Congress either serves on the intelligence. Uh, foreign affairs or, or other committees, uh, they have to go through a security check. They have to go uh, and see if they can get a, a clearance. See, right now, Congress doesn't have to do that. That's how you got um, the liars on there, Adam Schiff and uh, what's his name, Swalwell, who was uh, having an affair with uh, Feng Feng, the, the Chinese spy. And, and so you've got these people that are huge security risks just because they're in Congress and if, the, if they're appointed by, uh, by the Speaker uh, to serve on these committees. And I'm thinking maybe everybody in Congress uh, before they serve or before they, they see certain stuff, uh, should have to pass a security clearance. You know, one of the greatest risks to our country's security was, was Barack Obama, who never passed a security clearance and never could have, simply because of his associations with, with various, you know, Marxist and, and uh, leftist organizations, uh, was always a security risk, and yet he was president. So automatically, because he was elected, you know, he gets to see all this stuff. Same thing with uh, Joe Biden, who was not elected. You know, it's a fraud. Uh, so why is he able to see stuff? You know, uh, but that's a whole different issue. But do you think, would you want to incorporate that into your bill uh, or actually write a separate bill that members of Congress on certain committees must be required to pass the same background uh, and security clearance to get a top security clearance that anybody else would have to get uh, in the private sector, in, say, the Pentagon, Defense Department, things like that? Would that make sense, too? I, w- I would put it in a separate bill um, okay. just because everything is better individualized. Um, I guess within legislation makes it more specific, but Mm -hmm. I would definitely consider that. Okay. If you want to write both of them, let me know. Because if you, if you let a bunch of liars in, guess what happens? You have corruption. Well, guess what we did? We put a bunch of liars and we have corruption. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. So, so, so let's go. So I got the classified documents. So uh, what do you, what would you just, just off the top of your head, what would you include to make a document classified? Um, so one of the things that I was like talking about my dad with, of like the importance of classified documents, you know, mm-hmm. um, so one of the things he pointed out was, you know, protecting identities of, you know, um, or workers or, or spies or things like that, because if that gets out, they die, they get killed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So things like that of, you know, protecting, I guess those like asset identities, um, but I think not protecting in law, people like on Epstein's list, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's political. So yeah, if like you want to look into that, fine line that's of the a, identities you can protect. 
yeah, that's a great thing for us to look into. Uh, is the whole Epstein thing because we, we had it before. We used to have a reporter who did that. In fact, we were one of the only places we called it the the QAnon report, pretty much. Uh, and Karen used to do these amazing reports. This is before everybody was demonizing QAnon, and you know it was just kind of a novelty at, at that point. And it was like, well, what's, what's QAnon saying now? Well, let me tell you. So we actually cover that kind of stuff. And now it's like, you can't say that. That's a conspiracy theory. Well, you know, it's just, there's lots of theories out there. You know, I mean, we, I don't shy away from something just because it's called a conspiracy theory. But uh, that's the kind of stuff that I find fascinating. Um, but I think I'm, I'm pos- almost positive that there's already a bunch of laws in place that you cannot disclose, you cannot out people. However, now here's where it gets really interesting. There's something that the FISA court, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance, um, I forget what the A stands for, but the, the, the FISA courts were – what the government was doing, they were unmasking. And this is something that they mask Americans. So in other words, the, the, these government agencies, they're not allowed to spy on Americans, but they can spy on foreigners because we don't care, right? So in fact, that's what these documents are revealing. So you can spy on the foreigners, uh, but if those foreigners are talking to an American, you have to mask the American unless you go through due process, get a judge, a search warrant, things like that. Well, what was happening was that these agencies under, under Obama and uh, uh, now under the, the rogue administration and some of the other folks, what they're doing was they really want to spy on the Americans. So they found a foreigner that they happen to be talking to. And then they go to the judge and say, wait a minute, you know, such and such American is talking to this foreigner. We have to uh, unmask them when that was the target all along. So there, there are laws in place and there's ways to get around them. And it really depends on the, you know, the individuals, you know, whether they're decent, honorable people or whether they're scum. You <laughs> worrying about the government. It reminds and me of the... They had found a Chinese government police station in New York City. I haven't looked into it. I don't know much about it. I just know that much. But I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Make a note. Let's, let's find well, the other one, too, is that, yeah. that Penn-Biden okay. Center, the University of Pennsylvania, the Biden Center, which is basically, you know, communist Chinese central. <laughs> so that's something to look into. <laughs> um, there's, there's so many things you can go with, too. The other one that comes to mind um, is, what was it, the um, – the the I know I think I'm recalling it the the World Economic Forum has this uh, young leaders program that uh, a bunch of uh, real communists yeah. went to like Justin Trudeau uh, what's her name Ardern uh, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand the terrorist dictator of, of that country um, and I I've got my my conser- have you seen my conservative glossary on on Substack yet because I, I rename a bunch of things so the the young leaders I program I got the link to it okay but I have not actually gone into it yet. Okay, well, when you ever get, you get a chance, because I know you're busy, but I'd be curious to get your views. But one of the definitions I redefine is the World Economic Forum Young Leaders Program. I, I, I redefine as communist boot camp. It really is, though, because yeah. I unfortunately have also heard of it. But, huh. yeah, it, it is actually a communist boot camp in a way of yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> Cause well, it, feel it, free to use the term. I found it yeah, whenever I'm, I was learning uh-huh. about um, – the UN and everything. Well, you had some great articles. I don't even know if we finished the, the agenda 2030, but we can get back to that as well. Um, but uh, let's, let's, yeah. let's, uh, I love bopping around all these different topics. It's fun. Uh, classified, classified documents. What would make something classified? I would think you would have to have, and we can actually work on this bill in the air, which would be fun to do because I, I, this, is, this is something that I'm really into. It would have to have an impact that if it were disclosed, this information would somehow harm the country or certain individuals. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or just, I guess you'd say individual citizens, because if you say certain individuals, you know, that could be pre- 
protecting, you know, corrupt politicians and not actually, you know, America or the people. So I think we'd have to, like, we'd probably have to be extremely specific throughout this entire Mm -hmm. thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just we can put this on on the podcast now, and then we can uh, then you can take up another time and use that as like bullet points for the bill. I'm thinking also yeah. it couldn't be used to hide something embarrassing or criminal to either an individual in government, a government agency or department, or the entire federal government itself. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So those would be my requirements, and that uh, a classified should they have an expiration date, or should they be reviewed after classified certain time documents? to see? Yeah, in other words, should classified documents be reviewed every year, every five years? Uh, should they be able because like the Kennedy assassination documents have like a seventy-five year uh, restriction on them. you can't see them because I guess they figure everybody involved would be dead at that point. Um, that's my guess as to why it's 75 years. Cause if you're like in your, even in, you know, in your thirties at that point, you'd be over a hundred by the time the documents come out. Uh, so that would take into account most people yeah, who I were think, around. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that's something that we'd have to tangle with because I don't think on this, we could put an actual time limit because sometimes, you know, um, the documents could have something for like four or five years and we could put a limit on two years and, you know, something would need a little bit longer, depending on what exactly it is. So it basically, it would have to be something like at the end of this specific event for it, mm-hmm. you know, it would expire five days after or something or 24 yeah, hours the- after the end of its necessity or something like that. Huh. Well, yeah, you could put a time limit on uh, I think they could probably, that's to be another provision. So each classified document can have a time limit. This shall be classified for five years. You could do that. But what I was thinking more for a review, because things stay classified forever. And a lot of times there's no reason for it. But documentary historians, I remember when I took a history class in college, uh, one of the, the classes I took was from a historian, a real historian. It was on the American uh, presidents. And one of the first things he said was that all the presidents have had miserable childhoods, which I thought was funny. The second thing he said is, as a documentary historian, they actually use real documents when they write history. And so, but they have to have access to the documents. And so without the documents, you can't be sure of what's going on. And so if stuff is classified for no reason, like the Kennedy assassination stuff, then that to me is a problem. There should be a, a way to review. Of uh, course, any president can declassify anything. But usually they don't, except for Donald Trump, which makes him so interesting. But uh, there should be a review period, I think, maybe every four years. So at least every president has the opportunity uh, or is reminded that if, within their four-year term, they're going to get to review. You know, the classified documents will come up for review. I don't know. I'm just brainstorming on it. I think, the, but it's a fascinating topic. That's smart. Any other? Yeah. Any ideas pop into your head? Um, no, the harming and the protecting are the two things that um, – I was kind of thinking of too. Um, another one, I guess, is more of something implied, but I feel like there's a need to it. It cannot violate the rights of citizens. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You can't classify. In other words, if they're classifying a secret program, um, some of the ones that come to mind, those like those LSD trials that they were doing, the CIA was doing back in the 50s and 60s. You know, that stuff was classified. That stuff has to come out. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'll tell you, a lot of stuff that we need to make sure is not classified is is how did they set the COVID protocols? Uh, How did they come up with uh, paying people not to treat people? How did they come up with all these incentives, you know, for – and this is something Congress is going to have to investigate. I had an interesting – let me see if I can find my bill. I had a bill 
that was that was um, that was was different. It was on. Oh, let me find it here. I can probably remember it. But the idea was that when see, you know when Congress tries to investigate something, I should send this to you. Pull up right now. When Congress tries to investigate something, uh, they they stonewall it. They say no, you can't have that. <laughs> what do you mean I can't have it? <laughs> you know, and they'll, they'll wait years for a document, and the agency just say we're not going to give that to you, and we don't care. So I came up with a bill. Uh, let me zap this over to you. And, uh, where is it here? Um, I'll find just a current voter registration. Uh, it's down here near the bottom. Of, uh, here we go. Correct. Congressional Oversight Electronic Storage and Retrieval Act. And so this one, which I will um, send to you. Let me see. Here. It says, what if all documents created by and in every federal agency were automatically sent to Congress and put in an electronic storage vault? Congress could not read the documents anytime they wanted because these are like, you know, memos within government agencies. They would still have to go through whatever due process, subpoena or other uh, oversight to acquire the documents. Difference is that once due process allows for the oversight committee or authorized member to see any document or set of documents, they would already be in Congress and would be instantly available. So in other words, the agencies couldn't say, well, we're just going to stonewall you. You can't, uh, you can't do this. You can't have this. And so let me email that to you right now. I'll put it on the back of my other email. So I'll have it in the same place. Um, How does that strike you? Yeah, it, it kind of brings to mind this one thing. Um, that I saw. I don't remember it very well, but it was talking about some kind of legislation, like um, C11, I think it said. Um, What's that? I don't know if that's correct, but it was talking about, I guess, that, that same kind of problem um, of not letting government censor sources, I think. Here, let me see if uh-huh. I can find it. Yeah, because they censor stuff that's embarrassing. That's one of the biggest problems. Yeah. yeah, I don't think folks realize how much we look up during Brianna's report because <laughs> we like to go right to the right sources. So it's, uh, it, it's kind of fascinating. It's government inquiry, so we, we need to know. Uh, and that's what we do. So what if there's something else I was going to look up? Uh, anyway, that bill is available on writeyourlaws.com. So any, anybody who wants to find any of our bills, go to writeyourlaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. I shall put it on the live chat. Anybody can find it. Uh, of course, while we're live, you know, if we're if you're a podcast, you'll have to just, you know, go spell it out yourself. Rightyourlaws.com. Click on legislation and then click on um, all proposed laws, and that's where you will find um, the good ones. And so that's how that goes. There's something else I was going to tell Brianna. Um, I'm trying to think because we had a, a fascinating thing. Okay, last, I can't find we, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't, yeah, then don't worry about it. Yeah. Like I say, you know, this is what we have next week. You know, my favorite solution. When, when something doesn't work, yeah, next week. So Marco in the uh, Netherlands is looking up our our writeyourlaws.com website. So, yeah, I was teaching the crowd how to do this. Uh, This is something that happened. I went to a rally Friday night, a medical freedom rally, and I tried to experiment with the crowd. It wasn't that big a crowd um, because this is like the fourth rally. So we really had the faithful there. But I said, you guys want to do something? You want to uh, actually, uh, you know, accomplish something? Because I don't, I'm not one for speeches. You know, this is why I never became a talk show host. I mean, I created action radio because I just don't like to sit around and do nothing. So I said to the crowd, if you, if you want to try an experiment, they're all like, yeah, let's do it. I said, okay, get out your cell phones. So they did. And then they said, uh, go to uh, get a browser window and go to writeyourlaws.com, then click legislation. And then I goofed and I forgot this part, but I said it after someone said, I can't find your bill. Uh, click on all proposed laws. So you go to writeyourlaws.com, click legislation, click all proposed laws, scroll down to our vaccine product liability bill, which is now over two years old. Uh, and I said to people, uh, okay, copy that link. 
I'm like, okay, yeah, great. I said, open up a second window. I'm like, okay. I said, this one, uh, go in your search for contact Matt Gates, who's our congressman here uh, in the first district, uh, Panhandle in Florida. And I said, they're all laughing, right? So you know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, we do. So I said, okay, paste that link into the email that you're now going to send to Matt Gates with your name and, you know, zip code so they know you're uh, in the district. And it's all your other folks, you know, in different states. He's your member of Congress. So we actually emailed uh, Congressman Matt Gates from a rally with our vaccine product liability bill. Now, there's only 120 people in the stadium. Um, one of my friends counted. <laughs> but, uh, but the question is, I wonder how many of you did that. Even if only 20 or 30 people did that, that's a lot of emails of a bill that, you know, he's seen from me. He knows I'm in favor of it. But now he's going to get all these other people. So now this is the kind of direct action I want to take a lot more often, but it was, it was fascinating. They're all like, yeah, let's do it. People talk to me after the rally too. So uh, I know if at least uh, several people, you know, send an email right in, but that's the kind of direct action we need. I think that's genius because, you hmm. know, there's one thing of, you know, ha- you. having people, you know, understand that they, that, you know, share the bills and stuff. A lot of people mm-hmm. hold off or, or, you know, they don't have them or I, hesitating or something, or I guess it's like one of those things like in the moment, you know. You have nothing better to do than, you know, you're listening to somebody speak in front of people. They're telling you to do things, and you just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was, a, it, was a, it was an absolute direct action, uh, and it was much, much more fun than just making a speech. I don't like just talking. You know, same thing here. This is why we, everything we do has a, has a basis in some citizen legislation or some action. But what I didn't know is that people didn't know how easy it is. To, to share our bills and how easy it is to be a citizen advocate. You know, you look at uh, most other uh, groups. You have to meet. you got to drive. you got to take time. You know, it costs money. There's, like, membership dues sometimes. There's, there's, there's rallies you have to go to. There's protests. There's all the stuff you have to do. And the whole pur- purpose of Action Radio is to get rid of all that stuff. Do it from your home. Do it on your computer that you've already paid for. <laughs> you know, do it on your Internet service that you already have. doesn't cost you anything. doesn't take a lot of time. You know, it's as easy as, as sharing, you know, last night's shrimp salad recipe. Nothing in shrimp salad. I just use that as an example. But if you're going to share a shrimp salad recipe, why don't you share a bill? Share a bill directly with your member of Congress. Say, I want vaccine product liability legislation. We had Ed Dowd a couple of weeks ago, the Wall Street guy that's going around. And he said, if we get, you know, liability back, those vaccines are off the shelf. Well, that would have solved COVID. So how would COVID, here's a question for you. I've never asked anybody. How would COVID have been handled by the government if vaccines had product liability and they were not available, what would they have done? What do you think? Um, I think they wouldn't have forced it or, or manipulated people because they knew that they didn't have a way out. And honestly, I don't think that we would really have much of a vaccine. I don't think it would really exist at that point. Because if they don't have control over, you know, supply and demand, then mm-hmm. they can't sell a murderous, salty, horrendous product and force it on people. I mean, the whole point of... Uh, and plus, federal, uh, federal uh, government shouldn't have yeah. any bounds within our economy anyways. I agree. Uh, I think it'd be fascinating to look at that. I'm going to write an article on, on the cure for COVID was freedom. Uh, because if we had the freedom of information and the freedom of choice uh, and the freedom from unconstitutional mandates, none of the problems we had would have happened. Government caused the COVID problems. COVID itself wasn't that big a deal. Well, it was to the most vulnerable, but so is, so is a cold. You know, if you're, if you're 98 years old and, uh, you know, very weak, then uh, you catch a cold, that could kill you. 
you know, but if you're 28 and strong, it's probably not going to, it's not going to be, you know, you might be laid up for a day sniffling, you know, or, or, you know, with really bad cough or something, but it's, it's all the difference in the world. And so we could have saved most people and it would have been over. I still got the chart that said it was over um, mid, uh, mid July of, of 2020. Anyway, um, do you want to get back to classified stuff or you want to analyze some, some pictures online or what, uh, what would you like to do? Or you have more topics to cover? Um, I do have a a little bit here to kind of just sure. um, left over from the others. Um, mm-hmm. So to recap from the other weeks, uh, lots from the other weeks. Oh, the, yeah. Um, yeah we, <laughs> we do ask a lot of questions and ramble, but that's half the fun, yeah. So now we've recap, covered the back. CBDC, yeah. which is the Central Bank of Digital Currency, um, mm-hmm. which has actually become very, very popular. Um, a lot of people oh, actually yeah. are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about UNESCO, the United Nations Educational Scientific Cultural Organization, mm-hmm. or um, basically all of this. I'll, uh, it'll continue here in a minute, but this is all from the same – well, um, some of it's not, but most of the stuff for the past two days are from Alex Newman. Um, I've heard that name before. Who's he? You've, t- you've mentioned him. Yes. Both the, both the times before. Yes. Okay. Got to look him up. Try and get him on the yeah, show, the same too. Person. Like, try for everybody. <laughs> Every, everybody you talk about, you know, give him a call or, or write an email. Say, hey, you want to come on the show? Yeah. And I've been talking about the UN and how it fits in with the Great Reset. And basically mm-hmm. um, something with Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset is that they're – Initially, the same thing is what I've figured. Um, and yep. no, I think we've you're talked right. about how they have infiltrated education systems. Um, we've talked about Gillian Huxley um, from the 1940s starting this kind of globalist. We talk about um, Alex Bailey starting this humanist and um, Luciferian religion and those kind of horrible ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, We've talked a little bit on Agenda 2030, which I'm hoping at some point we can go in and uh, dissect each part, every part of that. Absolutely. Sure um, can. We've talked about their new age of getting rid of the old, which is what we saw now do. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about, like, the change in curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about Bill Gates in that. Um, we've talked about how they're using SEL. And they're trying to use neuroscience, and all of this is SEL, targeting what our was, children. What was that again? What's SEL again? Just social and econ- uh, social and emotional learning. It's basically psychological manipulation and brainwashing, mm-hmm. and right. for our children to make them globalist citizens. Um, and so today, this is the Patriot State, correct? Yes. Okay. So, um, I'm SEL glad you're organized. Is used as one of <laughs> this is great. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> SEL is used as one of those slogans for the United Nations, which is why um, I was talking about it last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that he has, Alex Newman has, is articles on New American Magazine, which I'm assuming is a lot like your Substack, where it's like when you have a topic and you write about it. And his was talking more um, about this. I haven't read it. But that's one of the resources of this information. Okay. If you yeah, Substack I use 
I used to write for other um, magazines. Okay, I got the 2030 agenda up here on my computer. I used to to write for different uh, folks, uh, Canada Free Press and Intellectual Conservative. Uh, and the thing is, when you write an article, um, it appears once and it's gone. Whereas Substack, the reason I like it is it has all my articles. And so people, when they like one, they can go back to the whole bunch of them. Um, in fact, I'm trying to get them published on some other places too. But so you should write for Substack. You, you could do a great column. You know, and you can even title it, you know, government inquiry with Brianna Cannon. You know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to do because you're so good at this stuff that uh, feel free to write it down. You know, you can even take papers that you've written and publish those because one of the greatest wastes out there, I think, is all the brilliant papers that students write through high school and college. And nobody ever sees them except the teacher or professor. Well, what a waste. Now, I've actually kept mine. I've got mine going back through high school. So my, my rather creative papers and, and group assignments and things like that. Um, but how many people do that? Maybe I should publish those. That'd be fascinating. Yeah. Greg in high school. <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah, I think the only ones that really get, you know, published anywhere might be like college ones that get put in like journals and stuff or like peer uh-huh. um edited things. Um but yeah, I that's smart, View. you know, to have some kind of yeah. program or system or online uh file website where you can go in and see, you know, the different kinds of things that, you know, high schoolers write about. Yeah, well, um, high school and college, I think, would be fascinating to do that. There's, there's no reason why those can't be put into a library. Uh, and people say, what about plagiarism? Yeah. Well, well, you do the same thing you do anything else. You, you cite your source, and then you're okay. Well, this is why I'm so big on citing sources in this show, because that's, that's proper. That's the way you do it. I never take credit for something somebody else wrote, but I certainly don't mind taking credit for something I wrote, <laughs> you know, and that's how you do it. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, but so yes. there's no reason why we can't, but it's such a waste of knowledge um, that uh, all these wonderful papers that are being written. Uh, I wrote a 60 page paper after my internship in Washington. I was 20 years old and I was there with uh, working with uh, the Consumer Federation of America back in my more liberal days. Trust me, an internship in Washington uh, headed me down the road to conservatism really fast, but I was in a liberal area with liberal parents, you know, and I went to a liberal university, University of Massachusetts. So I was kind of like cornered and I, I was conservative for them. But after Washington, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, it's like, boy, did that open my eyes up to a lot of uh, a lot of different stuff. Corruption took on a whole new meaning anyway. Uh, but I wrote this paper on it because I was working with yes. the, the the oversight of the Federal Trade Commission. And but it ended up being like 60 pages and I got like, you know, five A's and all kinds of great credit for it. But uh, yeah, I still got that paper. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it was really interesting writing it. After that, a book was no problem. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was talking with uh, my friend who's who's a Jehovah Witness, and um, uh-huh. I was telling her about something. And uh-huh. one of the things I, w- I was saying is, you know, I really don't like the government. You know, like, this is horrible. And then she asked me this question. She was like, well, if you hate the government, why are you interested in politics? And I was like, well, I'm learning politics because I hate the government. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, was kind of, uh, it was kind of funny, you know. No, it actually makes a lot of sense. Well, Jehovah's Witness, that's a particular orientation. I think they worship on Saturday as opposed to Sunday. Um, They they don't, um, like I say, they don't, you know, mess in with with the public blood supply in hospitals. They use their own. Uh, It's just a very different uh, religion. It's really interesting. Um, But, uh, yeah, well, see, but the thing is, if you don't mess in politics, you can't change the government. See, the government really is us. And this is why our well, – here's what you can do. You can tell your friend our mission statement here. You know, we the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to yeah. nullify the laws. To, yeah, go ahead. And because she still believes in, like, most of the Bible, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling her, you know, in the book of Esther, you know, she is, I know Esther's being brought up a lot, you know, recently. Well, Why is that? You know, she could have easily, huh? Well, I'm curious why. What's, 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 what's in the book of Esther that makes it relevant? Um, well, I kind of use that as a basis, you know, of, you mm-hmm. know, why Christians are, I guess, start, I can't say for all Christians, but, you know, for some of the Christians, why they get involved in this. It's kind of like the way that Esther, you know, a, a Jew, got involved in it. You know, um, she was a woman of God, right? Mm-hmm. And she could have easily just, you know, done God's will. She could have easily just, you know, let Haman go and kill all the Jews because he was mad at Mordecai. She could have easily just let that happen and not been a part of that, you know, because she just wanted to focus on God and not worry about politics. Because that was a decree from the politics, you know. That, was, that would be, you know, submitting to the government. And, mm-hmm. of course, she herself would, would die from that. But instead, she was like, no, I'm not going to stand for that. And so she went and, and she talked to the king and, you know, she she got involved, and she saved the Jews, and she saved herself. And what people don't realize, you know, in that story is, and a lot of the Bible actually, too, you know, politics and government kind of dictate how people live their lives. You know, mm-hmm. especially like the famous story like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel and the lion's den, Moses, all of these famous Bible stories that, you know, everybody knows. You know, all of, all of these struggles that they had, all of these difficulties that they fought against, that they rebelled against, that they went against the government was because that government was evil, that that government was going against what God wanted for them. So they would fight back against that. And so I was kind of explaining her, you know, that's kind of like one of the things that us Christians that, you know, get involved in this want to do is because we want to change things. You know, we want to change things for the good because we know what's wrong. We want to make it right. And, you know, it's one of those convictions of the different religions. And hers is, you know, they just don't get involved in anything. They just let every everything go. And, you know, that's all right if that's her religious conviction. That's fascinating. Um, I'm not the one who's the, the biblical scholar. I kind of rely on you folks to do this um, because you know a lot more than I do about it. Um, I'd love to get you with Wendy sometime, uh, who is a scholar, minister, uh, and if you listen to her Oh My God report, we actually have an Oh My God report. Uh, so if you want to check back some of our Wednesday yeah. shows uh, with Wendy, she's been uh, busy for a couple of weeks, so they're, they're a little sporadic right now. But I want to get you two together because combined, you know just a ton uh, about these stories, and these stories relate so much to life. Uh, one of the ones I was thinking of as you were talking is, is uh, talking about uh, misplaced uh, what was, what's really going on, a misunderstood story, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, one of my favorite stories. In fact, I, if you ever get a chance, watch the original 1948 uh, movie with Errol Flynn. It's fabulous. You know, Men in Tights, <laughs> which is kind of funny. That's why they made the satire, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, but that's another story. But Robin Hood, you know, what's the thing they always say? What did Robin Hood do? Give you a quick quiz. What did everybody say about Robin Hood? Um, he stole from the rich and gave to the poor, but I've never actually read Robin Hood. So, <laughs> okay, okay, now that's it. That's exactly what everybody knows, and it's wrong. Who he stole from was the government, and he gave people back their taxes. That's who he stole from. The sheriff of Nottingham, who was stealing money from the people to wage an unjust war and steal the crown from King Richard. That's the basic story. 
So there was a real Robin Hood, Robin of Loxley. It's based on a real person. But everybody says, you know, stole from the rich and gave to the poor. In other words, it's okay. And that was, that's a leftist. That's the leftist interpretation. And you want to talk about revisionist history. One of our favorite stories is like they've taken this and, and, and made it a leftist cause. Like it's okay to steal from the rich then because they're bad. and It's okay to give to the poor because they're good. Well, there's a lot of good rich people and a lot of bad poor people. I mean, that's just people are people, right? But what people, and I've been saying this for a long time. That in fact, one of the definitions of my conservative glossary is Robin Hood economics. You know, in other words, taking taxes back from the government, uh, giving the money to the people who earned it. You know, and that's what it is. But Robin Hood actually stole from the government. That's the good part. So why can't we celebrate that? <laughs> you know, because uh, instead of them stealing from us. But this is just one of those things. Anyway, we got about seven or eight minutes left. Uh, you want to look at some pictures? We'll so talk. We'll of, get people involved. Yeah, go ahead. I'll see if I can rattle through this short thing. And a lot of the yep. questions and more discussion over these things we might have to do in a different week. Um, I think so. So this has been Dr. a good week. Kram Singh, I, yeah. Dr. Karam, Karam Singh, I'm not sure exactly how to spell it, but it's pronounced that way. Um, he is one of the leaders in the UNESCO movement. And one of the, and um, where was it? Uh, I wrote down what he did somewhere. Singh is usually okay, spelled S-I-N-G-H. Singh, uh, it's, it's, it means huh? lion. Singh, S-I-N-G-H, is usually how it's spelled. And it means lion. Yeah. And it's uh, Sikhs. That's, that's uh, what I wrote <laughs> as a yeah, guess. S, yeah, the Sikh religion, S-I-K-H. The Sikhs uh, take the name Singh. That's why you have a lot of Sikhs in, in the Sikh religion. I think almost, all, almost everybody at some point. Yeah. It's like Muhammad's in but Islam. Before you Muhammad's was, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, before he was a chairman of the board of UNESCO, he was mm-hmm. a minister of family planning in India under... Indira Gandhi. Have you heard of him before? I haven't heard of him, but I've heard of Indira Gandhi, who was, uh, I guess, the wife of Mahatma Yeah, that's, Gandhi. that's what I was asking, Indira Gandhi. Yeah. Right, Indira. Do you know uh, about him? Uh, I don't know about him. I'm going to say I remember her, but family planning. And I'm not sure if uh, Mahatma Gandhi, or his originally Mohammed Gandhi, Gandhi uh, if that was a big thing with him. I, I, abortion certainly wasn't. And that's what I think when I think of family planning. Um, so, but India has a huge population. So, what, what uh, was he promoting abortion programs for the with the Indian government, or what, what, what did he do exactly? So, with this Nirmana Gandhi, I before this listened to this, I didn't know who he was, and I still um, like I still don't know much of anything about him. But he was talking about how he had forcibly rounded up millions of people and then sterilized them, and he was talking about he sterilized probably about fifteen times more people than Hitler had killed. Oh, well, that's um, interesting. This, and I get, okay, so now we've got a terrorist. We've got a government Trump, terrorist. Yeah, a Holocaust person. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and uh, Karam Singh was the Minister of Family Planning in India under Gandhi. And so now he's also one of these, like, big people on population control. A lot of the people within, like, that the uh, youth leadership thing that you're talking about and within many mm-hmm. of the programs in the United Nations, a lot of them are strong people of population control. Um, and so one of the things that he says is that the final path for all human beings is the path to enlightenment. And uh, one of the things Alex Newman was talking about is, you know, that's kind of one of the other ways, along with, you know, the humanist views and their Luciferian government and things like that. 
that they changed because, you know, what God says is that the end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And instead mm-hmm. they say it's a path for all human beings to find enlightenment, which I'm pretty sure, isn't that like, um, is it Buddhist enlightenment? Is that Buddhist? Or Hindu? I think it's Buddhist. Ooh, good question. Uh, Buddhist, well, Buddhist uh, basically reincarnation, you know, whatever you do in this world is going to come back. So if you're evil, you're coming back as a cockroach. Uh, but the Buddhist religion, peaceful, vegetarian, Buddhists are cool. Uh, but but B- Buddhism has always been viewed as a philosophy, not a religion, because Buddha never considered himself to be a deity. Buddha was never the son of, of God. Buddha was a philosopher. And so Buddhism is a very, it's a practice, it's a way of life, but it's not a religion. Uh, and that's something a lot of people don't know. Hmm. So um, further into this, which mm-hmm. that was actually kind of interesting, you know, philosophies and theories versus, you know, religion and beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. um, and facts, even, you know, comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Back onto this. <laughs> so in 2015, uh, UN passed June 2030, which, um, you know, by now, uh, and they try to get every, and what they want is every national government signed on. That's what their goal is. Mm-hmm. And... That's what the goal always is. Obama, <laughs> Obama signed on to this, but he didn't he did. do it through the Senate. He did it through an executive agreement, which he has the power to do. No, he doesn't. Uh, now he has. No, he doesn't. Now he's been given that power. No, he hasn't. No, we got to talk about that. That's a mistake. Um, when, it, when you hear about the, I'm not, I'm not you know, contradicting or, or you know, sort of getting after you here, but this is a huge mistake that everybody was complaining and they were, or panicking. They're like, oh, no, Biden's going to sign an agreement with the United Nations and they're going to you know, tell us what to do and take away our rights. They can't do that. Now, people can give up their rights and government can enforce with guns, which they usually do, the taking of our rights. But legally, they cannot take our rights. The Constitution is supreme. It is the supreme law of the land. As Pianchi says, it does not have an on and an off switch. It is always in force. From the minute it was ordained and established, it is the controlling law in this country. It's the Constitution. It is a limitation on the federal government. It is a delegation to the states, everything that's not delegated to the federal government. And there is no power on earth greater than the Constitution for the American citizens, we the people of the United States, period. Now, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody writes. I don't care any of that stuff. Now, like I say, they can take power. They can enforce power. The same way gun control. All gun control is illegal. It's unconstitutional. You cannot yeah, touch the right to keep and bear that's arms. That's kind of what I was getting at. Like, he was, Go for it. He was like, given that. And I guess that falls under what you were saying, like enforcing that. Kind of like all these extra cabinet agents, agencies aren't actually mm-hmm. supposed to be here. But they were. Right. They're at our leader. They're not supposed to be. But, you know, mm-hmm. they are, and they do have all this power that they're taking. Even though they're not supposed to, even though they're not mm-hmm. allowed to, they do it. That's kind of what the executive agreement is here. Yeah, but they can't do that. They can't make executive. Yeah. There's no such thing. You know, they can call it that. And, and we all know that government enforces unconstitutional laws. They're, I mean, the FBI is an unconstitutional mm-hmm. department. There's nothing in the Constitution with a provision for a national police force. The FBI has always been illegal, the ATF and a bunch of other agencies. That's why I have a federal disarmament bill. There's not a single bureaucrat in the government that is constitutionally able to be armed. Not one. I'm not talking about the military. The military is a totally separate category. But there's no provision for anybody in the federal government to be armed. And that makes sense. Why would the founders want the federal government to be armed? Why do you think they had a Second Amendment specifically saying that the people? It's necessary for the people to be armed. It's necessary. The first part of the Second Amendment is probably the most important. People forget it. That it says, let me see if I get it right here, that a well-regulated militia, in other words, a citizen you know, armed group, is necessary for the security of a free state. 
Is state capitalized? Let's take a look there. I, here's, a, here's a question for you before uh, Josie gets here. I've always, uh, I had a thought one day that when the Second Amendment says that uh, a well-regulated militia is necessary for the security of a free state, is that a geographical state or is that a conditional state? In other words, let me get my Second Amendment here. Uh, it is capitalized. Okay, so is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state? So that would imply the states of the union. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But what if a state also meant condition? In other words, uh, like hunger is a condition. You know, uh, whether you're cold or hot is a condition. Freedom is a condition. And in order to be in a condition of freedom or the state of freedom, you have to have, you have, to have a well-regulated militia. I just find that an interesting thought. Why don't you ponder that a bit? Yeah. And I only have a couple more minutes, so um, okay. we might be able to dive deeper into those thoughts next time. Um, but to add on just to the other stuff, I'll just kind of highlight the points, and then we can um, – any questions yeah, right like, we write down, we can talk about next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so China, I guess, claimed after this have a crucial role in developing the Agenda 2030 and Sustainable Development Goals. And mm-hmm. um, I just got to say, whenever you let – communists decide or be involved in a plan for a globalist economy, you automatically know that it's not going to be very good, um, mm. or at least not for citizens. And then the Secretary General of the United Nations, they pronounce it Van Ki-moon. Mm-hmm. I think so. I'm not sure. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. So there is what they made is a global declaration of interdependence, which is basically completely contrary to our declaration of independence. Oh, let's compare um, them. So this make, make a of, note. Send this to me. Make a note. Let's let's yes. go point by point. Let's compare them because I've actually done that with the UN Declaration of Human Rights. Compared that to our Bill of Rights, you know, and the difference. In fact, look at our Australian Bill of Rights. Uh, as it, this, the difference between human rights and individual rights is night and day. They have nothing in common. Human rights are yeah. collective and, and global. I was planning to go ahead to go in and read these at some point and dissect the differences. Mm-hmm. And then um, I covered that part. Um, oh, and he was kind of going through different of the, different goals within the. Um, uh, Agenda 2030, and I also plan to go through all those different ones and dissect that. But he was talking mm-hmm. about, like, um, redistributing wealth and brainwashing children and things like that from the different goals that they had. Um, and then he, here it's talking about the World Economic Forum signs a strategic partnership with the United Nations in 2019, and what they wanted to do is bring in the business community. I remember last time you were talking about, well, um, are they, like, sharing funds with each other? And since they sign on as partnership, I would assume that, yes, they are, are sharing funds with each other. Um, and I know a lot of the agencies are all funding the same kind of religions for peace thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I wrote that down at, but I'll find out. <laughs> Um, okay. Then there's a name called Peter Drucker. I've heard that. And name. he was talking about that these kinds of global transitions, what they need is three different things the government, the private sector, and the religious, or the religion. So the government part is, you know, they have to get all these national governments on board. If they don't participate, he was saying they'll be bribed, they will be bribed with U.S. taxpayer dollars. Now, I don't know this for sure. 
I'm sure bribery will work. I'm sure it may be used by our taxpayer dollars because now everybody's using us as a rug. So they probably will steal from us, but that part I do not know for sure. And they hmm. said if not, they will basically be treated as terrorists, which, of course, I do not know that for sure. Well, anybody who disagrees with the government is called a terrorist now, including parents at school board meetings. Um, this is fascinating because yeah. the very people who preached a separation of churches and state, which doesn't exist in the Constitution, now want to use the church and use the church during COVID to enforce their, their laws. So they, 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 only, they don't believe in a separation of church and state. They believe in a management uh, of church by the state. Um, how much time do you have? Because I want to bring Josie on to see if she has a question for you. Or do you have to go now? Um, like about two minutes. Okay. Josie, you got a question before I play your team and we get to your stuff? Josie? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Do you have a question for Brianna? She's got about two minutes before she has to go. Um, No, but I sent you a little message. My opinion that you guys were talking about, uh, about disclassifying. Uh I think it should be done every time a president comes in and he has to make the decision if you if it needs to be declassified or not. And the Kennedy files, they should have been declassified years ago. Yeah, I don't know. So Trump screwed up by not declassifying them. Okay, we got a bill idea on that, so feel free to talk to, uh, to Brianna about that. Brianna, um, just before you go, you've got enough material for about a year <laughs> worth of shows. So take your time. Uh, send me if you want to send me the agenda ahead of time of what uh, what particular point we're going to be talking about. That's cool too. But uh, don't we don't have to rush through this stuff. It's a lot of complex material, but it's absolutely critical because nobody else is talking about it, and, and that includes you know most of the rest yeah. of uh, my, my shows during the week. So I'm happy to go all the way through that entire 2030 agenda. Uh, it might take us that long, <laughs> you know, before, before it gets here. But uh, there's certain things people need to know about what the government can and can't do because resistance only works if you know how to resist and you know what to resist and you know what's legal to resist, which is tyranny. You know, the government cannot make secret agreements and the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. We need to keep reinforcing that. Yeah. Good report. Yeah. I think we have five or six things on the books to go back to for a different day. Okay. So just pick one or two per show and let's go through them. We'll see what happens. Good. I'll, talk to you, I'll talk to you next week about Greenwald's, uh, those, those, those so-called secret documents that to me don't look secret. Let me give you a big hint. There's no cover sheet. <laughs> I don't think they're secret at all. I think it's all a plan. Uh, I think it's a plan. We'll yeah, talk I, about saw, that I saw them on the link you sent me. And I remember yeah. them saying that um, the National Guard member that released them, he was like 21 years old and was just sending it out to his friends over Discord. Yeah, right. Of course he is. No, no. Tell me what Discord is next week, yeah. All right, let's get your sign-off, and then I'll get to Josie. All right. This is Government Inquiry with Brianna Cannon on Action Radio. Goodbye. Thank you very much. You're getting so good at this. I love it. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living not just reporting what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey.
Yeah, I think we have the most brilliant teenager in radio. <laughs> she yes. never ceases to amaze me. She's good. Yeah, have you seen it? She's getting more comfortable. Yes, she is. Yes, I, I'll tell you, be interesting. Uh, yeah, because I, 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 I was thinking exactly the same thing. Be interested to go back and play back her earlier recordings. I'll tell her about that too, because she sounds fabulous. Um, but and have you seen her Instagram account that she made for us? Yes. Mm-hmm. She's what do you cool. think? Yeah, you got your own page. Yeah. You got your own panel. You know, the Latina report. Kids, kids know how to do everything. We, we, uh, old people are behind. <laughs> well, we have a, we have things but, uh, that we know, but uh, you know, but being yeah. able to have somebody you know like Brianna on the show uh, to create something like that, this is because you know she uh, she just told me exactly how she did. It's like, whoa, I'm glad you know this stuff because I don't. So you know, so it works yeah. out perfectly. Yeah. So well, good, good, good morning. Yes. Good morning. It's a brand new day. It's going to be a beautiful day today. Yes. Yes. Praise God. Well, I went to bed a little bit disturbed last night watching all the scenes that's been going on in Chicago and uh, some of my husband's family members telling us a little bit about it. It's uh, it's, it's sad what's happening. Well, it's predictable what's happening, too. Looting. Yeah. Uh Yeah. It made me. It made me sad that uh, another. I don't know how old this woman was. Sounds like a young uh, adult. I don't know how old. Like I said, she was mm-hmm. making a video and uh, literally just so sad, describing why are you destroying our own neighborhood, our own Walmart. Where's our eighty-year-old grandmother gonna shop? Mm-hmm. Everything, and she was showing pictures of the looting and destruction inside the store. You know. I don't understand. It's just insane. But well, my opinion on all this, go uh-huh. ahead. Well, I was going to say, I was going to make a Bianchi comment that uh, if you notice the, the race of the people, these are young black kids. You know, and there was a, there's a cartoon uh, that was on Facebook. And nobody's saying that. You know, they just say it was teenagers. Well, let's, 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 let's do it. Let's do a Pianchi. Let's talk about the, the race because this is a huge part of this issue. Uh, there was a cartoon that came out um, over the weekend, and it had two guys running out of a store you know, looting, uh-huh. you know, and, and they're white guys. And I, and I put a comment, this is racist. You look at any video, uh, the majority, if not all the people, uh, are black that are running out of these stores. And so the black neighborhoods, the predominantly black neighborhoods, are wondering why the stores are leaving. Well, because predominantly black folks are taking all their stuff. You know, you look at the videos the, in San Francisco. The, yeah. You know, it's not the whites or yeah. Hispanics or Asians that are running out of the stores. And I'm not being racial here, to just the, but what I'm being is truthful. That this is the problem. Yeah. And, and one of the things I wrote this morning, actually, I did a Facebook uh, uh, quote. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can find where I put it here. That, um, oh, I forgot to write it down here. But 82% um, of a single of uh, kids born in Chicago are to single mothers. 82%. And all this came about because of the Great Society program. So you got Lyndon Johnson, yeah. who was an avowed racist. I mean, he hated uh, black Americans, mm-hmm. as did Margaret yeah. Sanger of, the, of uh, Planned Parenthood. Oh, yeah. And so you've yep. got abortion clinics in black neighborhoods and, and the big stores are leaving. So we're, you know, we're, yep. I mean, the Democrats, the left is doing everything possible to exterminate black people in the United States. Let's be honest. And so the problem is now you get a situation like this where you've got all these stores are leaving and these kids are riding. They don't have fathers. And the reason they don't have fathers is because of, of welfare. It's, you know, you know, single mothers make more money without fathers. So I came up with an idea. You haven't had a chance to think about this, I know. But uh, I had a bill that I was going to write, some of my 179 list of ideas, that welfare mm-hmm. should only go to a joint account between the mother and the father, and they have to sign for expenses jointly. 
So you can't do it. So, so well, in other words, one person can't yeah. get an apartment. You know, you'd have to figure it out. To get, they'd have to work it out. The parents would have to work it out. Now, if they want, if one wants oh, no, to sign away their parental rights, that's different. But automatically, but not, single, go ahead. Yeah, but that's not what the government wants because we well, had a bunch of wants. apartments. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of apartments in Miami, and uh, we got involved with Section A because it's a secure pay. It goes directly in your bank, or it was at the time actually. Uh-huh. And uh, for example, there was a black family, no husband. And they only had a co-payment every month of one hundred and fifty dollars. That's wow. it. Yep. The rest, the government paid for. It. And mm-hmm. she used to sneak her boyfriend or her husband. I don't know what it was, but that's what the government wants for you to be a single mom. Mm-hmm. You start producing and producing children. And what the government's been doing for a long time is. Uh, let's say this black woman or a Latino woman, not necessarily a black, but low income. Okay, so you have three child already, mm-hmm. and uh, children, I should say. And uh, then you, you're pregnant with a fourth child, mm-hmm. and the government is targeting you because they're controlling how you spend your life. They're paying for you. So they target you that you're going to go have that fourth child. So... After a month that the child is born, the child goes for a vaccination, so the child's target to die in his sleep. So the government can come and take the three children or four children, however many children you have already. They come and take them away, and they arrest the mom and accuse her that she murdered her baby in his sleep. And this Hmm. is due to the vaccines that they give the kids. We didn't know all this has been going on for a long time. And... uh, 70% 70% of our children in the foster system and child and family are missing every year. Every year. This is a trafficking uh, government, uh, disgraceful that they're doing to our families. And now uh, there's a bill, I believe it was in Oregon, that it passed that parents don't have a right for them to mutilate your child's uh, sex out of control, period. And I blame Obama for this whole thing right now. But not in the past, but Obama is leading the whole thing right now. It's disgraceful. Well, he's a big part of it, but so, so is a lot of the left, too, and so is a lot of the state governments, especially like Oregon. So what was, what was that policy in Oregon, or, or was it a bill um, that uh, they're saying that they can try to sex change kids and, and they can keep that information from the parents, which is, you know, Holocaust medicine oh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. See, so... Yeah. This is huge. Yeah, it's yeah, a this, bill this, that just passed. Let me see mm-hmm. if I can find it here. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, pretty pretty wicked. Okay, here it is. This is Washington State passed bill allowing government to take away minors from parents if they refuse to agree to gender transition surgery. This is disgraceful. It's your child. Why would, why would anybody live in Oregon? Or is it a federal judge or a state judge? I don't know. I just seen the little thing and I copied okay. it. I didn't yeah. read the whole thing. But, I didn't have time. That, that's okay. That kind of stuff. I mean, the, there are certain, so it's like, this is why I moved to the South. 
You know, I moved to the South from, from California because I realized that the South is going to save this country. You know, this is where the logic is. This is where the bills are to limit abortions. This is where the, the, the bills are to limit uh, COVID uh, mandates. I mean, all the, you know, the stuff that's coming out of the South now is some of the best legislation in the country. Yeah. And some of the worst of it is yeah. on the West Coast, the Northeast, uh, and the upper states like Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, places like that, uh, and especially Chicago. So that would be Illinois. So those three states, Wisconsin, Illinois, and uh, Minnesota. Uh, are just a horrible place to, to be right now. Uh, the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, and California. Uh, and of course, the, the Northeast, which would be New York, Pennsylvania, and New England. Um, all these places are, are Marxist, and they're doing horrible things. You know, first of all, you, you, to say something is, and I have to add this to my glossary. I don't know if you saw my, my new conservative glossary. I have uh-huh. to add this to my categories. So they, they call it gender-affirming mm-hmm. care. All right. So let's let's talk about what it is. So first of all, it's not genders. Genders, you know, it's interesting that when they're talking about genders, that's the literary term. Now, in Spanish, you know, you have el lobo, you know, the wolf. That's masculine, you know, but you have la something else, you know, la whatever it is. Uh-huh. And others, but objects ha- are either masculine or feminine in Spanish, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. gender. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what people are. Yeah. People, you know, are male and female. That's that's your sex. Well, and so we've, we, yeah. so we've changed the language. So, so gender, so you can explain that. So when you're, so when you, when you're speaking Spanish, you know, as, as a native Spanish speaker, um, do you uh-huh. think about, you know, el lobo being a masculine or, or, or el gato, you know, I guess the cat's masculine too. Give me something that, or give me yeah, like a, what's table, you know, what's female. Mm-hmm. So la gata? Yeah. la gata. Oh, oh, so, so cats are female, but wolves are, are, are male or masculine gender. I guess. El lobo. I don't know. Well, in Spanish, yeah. we call it el lobo, a wolf. Right. La loba, right. if it's a female. Yeah. Oh, you do? So you do no. make a distinction. All right. How about something that's an yeah, inanimate object, like a house, casa? Is casa masculine la or feminine? Casa. La casa. Okay. So that's a, I, I so know, a house. I which, guess we call it la casa. No, el caso. La casa. Right. Because el caso will be the case. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So, yeah. you know, mi casa, su casa. You know, when people say that my house is your house, my Mikasa's... house is your house. Right, but casa is, is a fe... right, but but casa is a feminine gender. Your house has mm-hmm. a feminine gender, even though it's inanimate. So this is what I'm getting to: yeah, is I that know. gender? Uh, gender is what uh, uh, the Romance language of Spanish, Italian, French assign yeah. a gender to inanimate objects. But sex mm-hmm. is male and female. So so talk about gender. Let's take the next word: affirming. If you're affirming, you're maintaining what is. You're not changing. So to call, so to mm-hmm. call a transition from one sex to another, and we have a, uh, our, our next guest is going to be a progressive Democrat, socialist, trans, uh, very interesting advocate from San Francisco. Very unusual for Action Radio. It's going to be a fascinating chat. Um, but, oh, wow. uh, oh, yeah. It's, I got something coming in the next hour. You're going to find this quite interesting. Um, but the whole idea of affirming but is, he, is uh, you maintain. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a Democrat, you said? Yeah. Actually, oh. now, this is what's interesting. It's, it's Bianca Von Creek. Um, and so Bianca ran against Nancy Pelosi, um, got a half a million signatures to recall Gavin Newsom, uh-huh. is a uh-huh. progressive socialist. And I thought, well, this is really intriguing. So she was, came up as one of those people and, and started life in Vienna, Austria. So uh-huh. we're, we're going to get the, we'll figure out starting off life as a dude, you know, and now, uh, you know, as Bianca. So that's going to we're going to talk about that too. That's not really where I want to focus. I want to focus more on the issues. Yeah, uh, but that's part but, of it. That's, that's that's certainly part of it. Yeah, go ahead. But what I wanted to say is uh, uh-huh. this tranny, gay marriage and all that. 
Obama really, really, because I yes, remember going to bed in tears when he transformed our White House, not his White House, our White House into a huge rainbow. I was in tears that night. I couldn't believe that this was happening to our White House, okay? And he took it upon him to transform, and uh, the gay era was like, out of the closet completely <clears throat> and right into your face. And uh, I blame Obama for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, it's out of control now because now if you, if you don't agree in their lifestyle, because this is a lifestyle, okay? Mm-hmm. God, didn't, God is not crazy. God did not create it, uh, a woman and then change into a body that is not supposed to be his or hers. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're living in the end times and uh, a lot of this is going to happen and we will prepare. Uh, but a lot of people that they're not Christians, that they're not in God's world, they're in their own world. Like a lot of these people, they don't have a clue. And I, I see some of the videos sometimes or, or one of the pastors in uh, California, uh, John MacArthur, he has a lot of gays, uh, coming and they want to change they regretted that they changed their sex and they're not happy and they've never been happy since they did the change and and there's not much they can do to go back you know all they can do is change mentally spiritually and there's nothing they can do physically anymore but they're surrendering they they're bound to jesus and there's a few videos that really really touch me you know and uh, and this is where we at they're shoving it in your face, like it or not, your children are going to be exposed. And, and it just breaks my heart for many, many families. And there's many gays and lesbians that I have talked to personally, my niece, mm-hmm. she's both, but she disagrees. And we always are talking about this. I wish I could bring her on the radio, but she doesn't want to. But she mm, disagrees that they're shoving this in people's uh, face. And it's not, she says, it's not right because if I want to choose that life, it's my choice. I said, exactly. That's your choice if you want to be that way. But don't change my children. Don't change my TV, my commercials, my movies. No. If I want to see a movie, I go click the button for specifically that movie. But Uh now commercials, uh, movies, Hallmark, there's two men kissing. I mean, it is it is insane, but we are going to stop all this. It's coming. It's coming. And the other thing that I wanted to say, and I know I didn't let you answer, this okay. whole riot and looting and everything that's going on right now, all of a sudden it started again. It's because what's happening, they're investigating Biden, and they are trying to distract the mind of young people, of all this, or any type of people in America because of all the corruption that's going on and they're discovering that at least nine or more people in the Biden family are all involved in the money laundry and even prostitution. It is insane in child trafficking. It is crazy. So they're trying to distract the real deal that is going on. And I believe a lot of this uh, blood young people are being transported from other areas to come 
and destroy because I know people are insane and crazy, but I don't think they're going to destroy their own supermarket and their only place where they can shop. So I don't know. I don't have 100% evidence, but that's what I was told with some of the people uh, that we have in Chicago family. Uh, They're telling us that a lot of these people don't even belong in the area. They're busting them in. And if you notice, there's a lot of young people doing this. Well, let's let's see if we can uh, so, let's let's use our logic and reason filter and, and see what mm-hmm. uh, uh, see what we can come up with. Now we know that during um, Trump's first campaign, that a lot of folks were bust in, you know, radical young folks were bust in to to protest. Uh, we had protests here in Pensacola um, over our, our Confederate statue, you know, and I was on the side of keeping mm-hmm. it. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. folks on the other side of the street were, you know, opposed. Uh, and a lot of those folks, you know, didn't strike me as, you know, long-term Pensacola residents. <laughs> you know, uh, you've seen busloads of people. You've seen the reports of busloads of folks showing up to different rallies around the country. You know, busloads of people blocking yeah. freeways. So a lot of this is organized. Yeah. So let's figure out, let's, let's do what we do best and see if we can figure out the why, the one question that nobody asks. Why is it advantageous, you know, to, to try and destroy Chicago? Because basically they're showing young black teenagers, mostly men, uh, looting and destroying these stores. Well, who wins? Who benefits? I still think that the left is trying to destroy the black population in this country. Uh, you look at the substandard uh-huh. housing. You look at the substandard education. You look at the, the grouping of folks in black neighborhoods, the whole victim mentality, uh, the, 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 criti- the, the, the race uh, propaganda that goes on in schools and goes on everywhere. You know, if you take an entire population, it's like, it's like the, what the Democrats used to use the Klan for, you know, their militant army. So now they recruit, they're trying to recruit mm-hmm. the entire black population in this country um, you know, yeah. to destroy this country. And if they destroy themselves in the process, they don't care because they're white liberals. They don't care. Yeah. So let's get this out there yeah. and start talking about it. So the solution to this, first of all, is to get rid of the welfare, uh, bring fathers back in, require that, uh, like I say, I like my idea of joint accounts. You know, if, if, if uh, someone wants to get welfare for being a parent, great. But uh, both the mother and father have to you know, work it out as to how that money's, that welfare money is going to be spent. You know, you've got to bring fathers back in the process. But right now, uh, that women don't get the money, the welfare, if there's a father involved. Because, well, why should we pay you? you got a father. You know, let him go out and work. You know, yeah. and you look at black families before, before um, the, the Great Society. And black families, there were, there were more married black parents having kids than married, yeah. you know, white parents. Yeah. Uh, and so it was, so there's, there's no inherent, you know, there's nothing inherent about black Americans that uh, that they're the single mothers, you know, are, are it's, not, it's not cultural, it's economic. So we need to change. We can change the but economics. The, cultural change is a lot tougher, but yeah. it's, this is an economic problem. It's, it's what's causing another economic problem. Yeah, go ahead. My opinion is there should not be no welfare at all, unless you're crippled, unless mm-hmm. you are completely disabled, that you cannot work on an accident. Period. They should cut off this whole thing. Mm-hmm. This laziness. The more child you, ha- the more children you have, the more money you get. That's bullcrap. No, we don't work like that. Back in the old days, if a family were in need, the other families will step in, or the church. Mm-hmm. Period. There should not be that. Oh, the government is going to give you and going to pay you to go have a baby. My niece mm-hmm. didn't have to pay to have her baby, so she keeps having more because the government was 
paying for the whole thing. Well, I had to pay a copayment, big copayment. And actually, at the time uh, when my daughter, actually, when my daughter was born, I paid $10,000 myself, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but they get it for free. And then on top of that, they're getting free child care right now so they can Mm -hmm. go to work. And they come to my store and get free uniform. They get $250 to $350 per person to come and get uniform. And some of them, they try to trick the system. They go, can you give me a different size? I said, ma'am, I cannot give you an extra large when you're a small size. And I had a girl the other day, she says, you know what, you were so kind and, and so beautiful to me that I'm going to get more money, she says, but I'm going to go ahead and donate it to you. I said, sweetie, I don't work like that. No, I don't do that. If you hmm. need more uniform, you will be getting uniform. I don't need, oh, but I'll donate it to you. But that's cheating. No, because mm-hmm. she wants to take that that check and hand it to me. And I said, no, I cannot do that. She said, but you will. I said, no, ma'am, I can't. I'm not a cheater, and I will never do that because... When you do that, it all comes back, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of doctors in our country, they've been cheating the welfare system because everybody's cheating. So, you know, I just talked to another nurse, uh, a dentist in town. He's cheating the system. And uh, and he's addicted to gambling, this guy. And, uh, and all his patients are being put on hold uh, because he keeps lying to the patients. Because he already spent all the money and the and their dentures. They wow. said, Oh, but the lab is closed and this and that and that lady was almost in tears telling me and she's been working for this loser for twenty years and she's the only one that does everything for him. I'm sure she's probably eventually gonna expose him and she should. But because she needs the money she doesn't expose him. But a lot of the old folks they've been waiting six months to get his dentures, she told me. Their dentures. And the doctor already ate all the money gambling, and he's an addict. He's addicted to gambling and drinking. So you know, there's a lot of cheaters. And and I work for one in Miami. Uh, this dentist, every time that a Medicaid card came, which there was about five, six kids in the list plus mom in the list. So what the dentist did, he would put like everybody had a cleaning that day. And then he put, like, he did a root canal on this young uh, kid, uh, 11 years old, 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did it a couple of times to different people, and he got caught because that child that supposedly had a root canal already had an extraction. He didn't have that tooth in his mouth. Yeah. So the cheating is going on with all many, many doctors still. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't stop because the government is nothing but a big fraud. Just are doing the same thing. So look at the fraud with the vaccine. I got the list where it shows how much money each doctors were getting to push the vaccine. If you push one vaccine, two vaccines by such and such a day, and if you push, push the boosters. So this is a big big killing machine and all these doctors that they so-called Americans mm-hmm. push into having all these innocent people because they trusted them, the vaccine, and a lot of these people will die. And you and me know that the vaccines are deadly. So we've lost people on the show. Yeah. We've lost uh, Dr. Pry. We've lost other folks. You know, the hospital killed our webmaster. You know, the, the you know yeah. Eric Colley, the creator of yeah. uh, writeyourloss.com. Yeah. 
um, you know, I remember him well. We used to talk. We used to talk off the air. It was great. And we talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, "You want to do what?" I said, "I have a legislative website. You know, where people can write bills." I said, "I don't know if I can do that." I said, "Yeah, you can." Okay. So he goes and figures out. I said, yeah, I think I can. I said, well, here's how. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know, and these are the kind oh, of conversations wow. we used to have. And the hospital killed him uh, a year ago, February. So, uh, I was, yeah. I was in shock when he told me he's dead. I'm like, what? Yeah. And, and yeah. It's just, it's you know? just crazy. Yeah. Because I used to play and that I from every day. Stories, Greg, uh-huh. from nurses. I, I was talking to a respiratory uh, nurse. Uh, she says, oh, my God, she says, you should see how many young people are coming in with lung infection and blood clots in the lungs because she's, that's her department. She says, mm-hmm. young as 17, you should Crazy. see how many, how yeah, many. That's insane. I said, oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, this is, this is a disconnect, too, and this is something I'm thinking about uh, a lot. I mean, and I talked to Judy Mikevitz about this, about this, and I asked her, are there any of these diseases that the, these supposed vaccines are supposed to prevent? Are there any of them that are all that bad and that can't be treated or cured if you actually get it? In other words, why are we risking everybody get the shot for something that maybe, you know, one person in the whole country will get. That doesn't make any sense. Or like diphtheria, yeah. one of the, the, the DPT diphtheria. I think Judy said the last case was 1930. Well, that's the depression, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a hundred mm-hmm. years ago. So why are we giving yeah. shots to millions of people today for a disease they haven't seen in a hundred years that even if someone gets it now, it's treatable. That makes no sense. So this is big disconnect between uh, the, the vaccine. In other words, people are thinking, I guess the impression is that if you get whatever these diseases are, you're going to die. I mean, the original vaccine was smallpox, and smallpox would kill you. you know, and polio mm-hmm. would leave you paralyzed for life, but the cure for polio was good sewers, was chlorine in the swimming pools. You know, the, it was, it's an E. coli. It's a, it's a poop bacteria. You know, it's what it is. It's a waterborne bacteria, same as mm-hmm. cholera. It's the same, same kind of thing. So these are, water, these are waterborne bacteria. You know, typhoid. Oh, no, cholera. They had a cholera outbreak because uh, there was a woman in England with a fountain for the village was washing diapers in it, you know, and of course, everybody got cholera. Um, And so that's that's the kind of thing that happens. But there's, you know, typhoid Mary. One person spread typhoid, I think, all over San Francisco. I forgot what she did. Um, But uh, yeah, so there's there's, there is public health. There are ways to prevent diseases. Here's something I think most people don't know. Um, During 1906, the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco, the plague came back for a while. Most people don't know this. So they had the plague in San Francisco because after the 1906 earthquake, all the rats came up from the sewers because the whole city was destroyed. So the but oh, what public health? Had a big rat in, wasn't it yeah. in New York, right? They had all these rats. It was like out of control. When was this? In New York. Do you know I, when? Years ago. I, could, I don't know. Maybe in the 80s. Did they have the plague? The plague breakout? Because fleas on a rat cause plague. That's what it is. It, it, there were rats everywhere, and I, I remember I was younger. I could hear this. Oh, there's so much rats, and it's going crazy. Oh, there's billions, in New York. billions of rats on the streets in New York. Yeah, I've, I've seen. Yeah. It. In fact, I've, I've been in cities and watched the rats run around at night. It's really kind of scary. They're big. <laughs> They're huge. They carry away small they are children. Big. But the, but the point is that public health in San Francisco they stopped the plague. Plague is one of the most deadly diseases mm-hmm. ever. It wiped out what half of Europe back in the 1500s. So, okay. did the, but do we have a vaccination for plague? No. No. Even though we had, even though we had an no. outbreak in 1906, we'll explain that one. You know, so it's it's interesting why they do what they do. I, they, 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 you know, so in other words, vaccines are not needed. And remember, Ed Dowd, Ed Dowd on the show said that if we get vaccine product liability, 
there, there will be no vaccines on the market. There will be no kids getting these shots. So I never realized how important that bill was. So let me add just a personal note here. And for those who are listening, Josie was at the rally Friday. Um, that idea of, of having everybody email Matt Gates, our vaccine product liability bill, that idea came to me while I was sitting in, you know, at the chairs out there out front. And thinking, what am I, you know, I knew what I was going to talk about. That was genius, but I, actually. Well, well thank you. Very good. Yeah. I'm going to do that again. I like uh, that did, a lot. Did you email Matt Gates the bill? Yes. Did you hear back? Mm-hmm. And I sent it to a couple of my friends because they couldn't do it, so I sent them the thing that you sent me, and, and yes, they were doing it. No, probably not. Hmm. You know, they're too busy. Well, yeah. I'm going to go visit. He's, he's got a new cool. office. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. He's got a new office in Crestview. For those who don't know, that's about half of a, half an hour's drive from where I am in Milton. And so uh, Matt Gates is our congressman. <laughs> Say that again? Yeah. What's that? I said we should go visit them. Him. I am going to. You, you want to go with me? I'm going to go. I'm going to go Friday. Um, I don't. You have got your store to run, but we can we can pick a day yeah. and go visit him. Yeah. I'll let me and go first. And I'll help Friday. She's off right now in in okay. Fort Lauderdale. Well, they have office hours Monday, yeah. Monday to Friday, nine to four, and Friday is the most likely time to catch the representative in because they all fly out of Congress on Thursday, so they're back in the districts on Fridays. So if he's in his office mm-hmm. and he has a new office that's closer than his old office in Fort Walton Beach, which is like an hour. But and make half an appointment. An Do you think you can make an appointment to talk to him about the? I've bill? already tried to. They, they don't. They don't get back to me. <laughs> remember, he uses on the server. Yeah. They don't get back. To I me. know. So I just should drop in, say hi, guys. Remember me? And they do. They, I know all the yeah. staff. So let's find and I can out. I talk to him in Spanish. He speaks there Spanish. There you go. Does he speak Spanish? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Very good, too. Where yeah, do you learn I Spanish? I talk to him in Spanish. When I, I don't know. Huh. I think he's, he might be. have some Spanish in his blood. I don't know. Could be. Well, but, it's actually um, a smart thing to do if you're a politician in Florida <laughs> to learn Spanish. I mean, I would. Uh-huh. But the other subject I wanted to touch quickly is... Uh, uh-huh. We know that President Trump is clean as a whistle uh, right. because if it wasn't the intelligent military that we were told, would not hire him. So even if President Trump had an affair with this uh, uh, porn prostitute that she is. Uh-huh. I don't think uh, she's a prostitute. She's, I know she's a porn star because well, I've seen them. <laughs> just, just well, full disclosure here, I, I had to take a look. I said, who is this person? I said, oh, wow, that's pretty intense. Anyway, go ahead. So, even if it's true, that's his own private thing way before mm-hmm. he became a president, okay? Mm-hmm. So, when Bill Clinton had sex with Monica Lewinsky, that was on our watch, mm-hmm. our president at the time. You know what I mean? And, well, and, those are two and, totally and different things. You know, what, what Donald Trump is, and I don't think he was married at the time, but it doesn't matter because they both said it didn't happen. She said it didn't happen, and he said it didn't happen. So this is a totally manufactured story. I'm not even sure what the – Michael is. Cohen might have paid the money just to create the scandal. I mean, I don't know what really happened. Exactly. And then you have Michael yeah. Avenatti, who's also it's, in jail. So all the people that are involved with Stormy Daniels are liars, <laughs> you know, public liars. Everybody knows they they're are. liars. Yeah. So, so what's the story? And- they are, and the judge paid Donald Trump forty thousand dollars. Okay, so the case. Well, she had to pay the attorney's fees. So who sued? Yes, did, she did. did. Michael Avenatti. Forty thousand dollars. Did Michael yeah. Avenatti sue Donald Trump on her behalf, or or because he was her lawyer at the time, and and Michael Cohen's the other one. Did he pay 
uh, Stormy Daniels to create a controversy where none existed. Because both Stormy Daniels, I forgot what her real name is, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump said nothing happened. Well, who else would know if anything happened other than those two, unless other people were there? So there's nobody that exactly. knows. And if both people are saying it didn't yeah. happen, you know, and first of all, why would you pay hush money for something yeah. that didn't happen? That doesn't make sense. You yeah. don't pay for it, what didn't it, happen. It, you pay for what did happen. <laughs> to keep it quiet. It's well organized. The whole thing is well organized. Okay. So, so the, 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 but the point of this, which is really interesting, is that uh, Washington does not know what to do with Donald Trump because he's an honest man. And he doesn't need their money. Yeah. And that's why they hate him. Yeah, he doesn't need the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, they know that Donald Trump, when he says, I got it all, he meant it. He got it all. He has all the evidence of all the votes we were told all the way to 2004. Mm-hmm. He has all the evidence of child trafficking, who's behind, all the money laundering the Ukraine, all the food poisoning in our country. I mean, he's got it all, but they're working together to drain the swamp. And there's a lot of stuff behind the scene that we don't know and I don't know. Uh, but we were told, be patient, it's coming. Uh, and, and, and and I wanted to make an example. What sure. you see in Chicago, the looting and out of control and all that, that's why we're going to go through either 10 or 12 days of darkness, like lockdown. Uh-huh. They don't want no one to be out on the street because that's what you see in Chicago. That's what's going to happen in the street. They don't want you to get hurt. The military will step in then. Okay, and because these people are going down and they know it. So they're desperate. They're freaking out. They know that Trump is going to put all of them with the intelligent military. They're all going to be arrested. And I know I keep saying that. And, uh, well, you know, I'm skeptical. Not, I'm, it's going to happen. I, I, yeah, see, I don't, I don't, okay. I don't see. I, now, what yeah. I do see happening, I do see Trump using the military uh, and the National Guard, uh, federalizing the National Guard to put down these these riots that are going on in the streets. That I that I absolutely see they, happening. But what do you? They're going to take what, yeah, see, yeah, but like I say, I, I don't want to replace, you know, one uh, deep state dictatorship with no, a military it's just dictatorship. Be, no, no, but it's, but it's not going to be a dictator. It's just going to be mm-hmm. to take over, arrest all these criminals that they've been organizing this for more than 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to they're gonna bring them all down. Our country is going to Yeah, but be Trump, Trump could do that with the... the Trump could do that with the Justice Department. If he picks, say he picks Michael Flynn for Attorney General. But they can't. No, no, Sure no. they can. They Why not? can. No, because it's all corrupt right now. Mm-hmm. You have to allow all this to happen so people can witness. And, and Donald Trump was telling somebody, do people die in a war? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're allowing for people to die, people to get hurt, so people can open their eyes and see what's really going on. And somebody told me, I don't know if it's true or not, but this whole thing about the arrest in New York and all that, that is all fake. That all these people were forced to act 
But like I said, I don't know if it's true or not, okay? I'm just saying. Well, I heard they were really uh, upset having to arrest uh, uh, Donald Trump and uh, fingerprint him and do all that kind of stuff and treat him like a criminal uh, because they knew that that was, that was completely unjust. That was just Alvin Bragg doing what George Soros told him to do, you know, to, to arrest Donald Trump and basically make up charges, you know, trumped up charges. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but that's the way it works. Um, but this is completely yeah. unjust. See, I would, if I were Trump I would, or I would, if I were an advisor, I would have advised him not to go. Don't give this any credibility at all because it's only designed to embarrass him. Now, fortunately, it worked out okay, but the, the downside was so huge. There was nothing, there's no upside to this, um, although he has gone up in the polls. But what, why couldn't the Justice Department, let's say you get a, a good attorney general like Michael Flynn or Sidney Powell, or both of them, you know, Sidney Powell is deputy, Michael Flynn is attorney general, uh, and they go through and they get rid of all the people. You know, also, don't forget, there's going to be a Schedule F which is going to reclassify a whole bunch of federal employees, those in management and, and uh, um, what is it, policymaking dis, uh, positions are going to be subject to being fired. Yeah. And so, so Trump can fire 50,000 of the top management people you know, below the cabinet level. So that, that layer of, of bureaucracy between the cabinet, which are appointed, the 4,000 government people who are appointed by the president, there's another 50,000 yeah. or so he wants to put under Schedule F, and that'll subject, subject them to being fired. Uh, and those are going to be the next 50,000 you know, upper managers, bureaucrats, like, uh, like Strzok and uh, Page you know, in the FBI, the people that think they're untouchable. Those are the people that need to go. Now, I, you, know, you don't have to fire the secretaries and the janitors and the, you know, the low-level administrators and the managers, the office managers and the district offices. Those, those aren't the people causing the problems. The people causing the problems are like the, the Merrick Garlands uh, and the other folks, you know, down. Well, he's he's cabinet, but uh, the 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 different layers, the bureaucratic layers that you don't see. Well, here's something interesting too. Just to change the subject a little bit. Um, two mm-hmm. people who are at Waco and Waco, the anniversary of Waco is tomorrow. We're going to do the whole show on Waco tomorrow. But the two people, yeah. um, do you do you know? She gonna love this. Um, remember, Janet Reno was the attorney general. She's the one that basically organized yeah, and executed the plan. She's a lesbian. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, well, whatever. She, I mean, I don't care about that. What I care about is the fact that she massacred a whole bunch of people, and Bill Clinton, you know, was, was behind it too. All right. So, so Janet yeah. Reno was the architect of death. She, she's the she's the massacre, you know, in chief. Um, do you know who her yeah. um, deputy attorney general was? No. Eric Holder. Oh. <laughs> really? Do you know who I the know. Do you know who the assistant deputy attorney general was? No. Merrick Garland. Oh, really? Oh, Isn't that interesting? This is getting so, so the two wow. worst attorney generals in our history, the most corrupt, the wow. most dictatorial, the least, you know, uh, that had anything to do with the Constitution, were both deputies and assistant deputies of Janet Reno. So they, they, they learned mm. their craft of death and persecution of Americans and violating constitutional rights at Waco under Janet and Reno. And who... And who was our president at the time? The criminal Bill Clinton. Exactly. Now, why hasn't Bill Clinton been brought to justice on Waco? I know. And, and who did the he hearing? Will. Yeah, and who did the hearing? Danforth. Senator Danforth ran the Waco investigation. He was a friend of Janet Reno's uh, and Bill Clinton's. Mm-hmm. So there's never been a proper – so you want to do a proper investigation. That's where we need yeah. an investigation. So where's the, where's the Freedom Caucus? You know, how come this isn't being talked about in the news? It was the most important government massacre and the worst massacre in U.S. government history of American citizens, uh, violation of constitutional mm-hmm. rights, basic yeah. human rights, just basic individual rights, any right you can think of. They were put under siege. They were tortured. 
you know, and then they were killed. And then buried they and pulled those into the ground. People. They murdered those people. Yeah. And if they if they came out and tried to escape, they were arrested and made to testify against yeah. them. Yeah. So what choice did they have? Yeah. None. <clears throat> they didn't have a choice but death. But how come it's not on yep. the news? Because the news is corrupt. The news doesn't want for you to know the truth about anything. And but the, it's not even on conservative news. news. No, I know because because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, Republicans. They're corrupt and they're going to be arrested too. You'll be in shock probably mm. when this whole thing, the finality comes. Yeah, a lot of people they're telling us that you're going to be in shock and you're going to be in shock. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be arrested? And I think since people are not really in shock that it's Donald Trump and all that because it's happened, mm-hmm. I truly believe that people are going to be in shock when they arrest the Pope. I think who's going to arrest, who's going to arrest the Pope? Who's going to arrest the Pope? Donald Trump. How is he going to arrest the Pope? Adrenochrome. Oh, he will. The evidence will be out. That's that's what I'm thinking. You know, I don't have evidence in my hand. See, the Pope uh, lives in Vatican the, City. It's its own nation. I don't see that happening. It's okay, but people are going to they're going to come after him, and he eventually going to come to arrestment. That's the one that I'm thinking. Maybe that's how because there's so many Catholics worldwide. You know, uh-huh. I'm thinking of him. I don't know if that's going to be. Yeah, him. if they didn't, if the Catholic Church wasn't arrested for all the the the, the pedophile uh, priests, mm-hmm. you know, and all the sex scandals and all the Catholic churches, you mm-hmm. know, and if the Catholic Church hasn't recognized that uh, the problem is you don't let your priests get married. You know, you put them in an mm-hmm. unnatural situation, you know, being celibate for the whole life for no reason. You look at, yeah. you don't see this happening in the, in the churches where the, the priests and the ministers and the pastors get married. You don't. Because mm-hmm. they, yeah. they put their priests in an unnatural position and they do unnatural things. They prey on children. Yeah. So, so, like so how come that hasn't caused? Unnatural, yeah. And yet like it hasn't changed, uh, that mm-hmm. has not changed a, a policy change in the Catholic Church. That's insane. Yeah. Now here's what here's what I see happening. Yeah. I don't see what you're being told by by the folks that um, that are advising you that uh, that is going to be a military, uh, an intelligence community takeover of the government, and thousands of people are going to be arrested, and everything's going to be made right, and Donald Trump's going to be in charge. It's going to be I don't, worldwide. Okay, wait, okay, mm-hmm. okay well, this, you know, all right. Now I don't see that happening, but I do see that the goals of what you're trying to do are absolutely correct. So there is a way to do it legally and constitutionally. So as, with Trump as president, with a decent attorney general, and actually using the FBI for what it's supposed to be used for, going, even going after government officials, that can be done. So everything that you want to do can be done without having a takeover of the government. And well, this is why I disagree with it. Well, you have to the swamp before all that can But you can happen, do that. Greg. I know it sounds that. good because your mentality as an American thinks differently. But you cannot think like that with this criminal child pedophiles. Uh, mm-hmm. But see, no, they can all can. be arrested. They can be arrested by local law enforcement. They can be arrested by state no, law, law enforcement. It's not going to happen. They can... They're corrupt. Why not? No, 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 no. It's not going to happen like that. No, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. The military is going to step in and help fix that, and then it's going to back, go back to normal. We're not having a military dictator, and it's going to happen in Colombia, Chile, Mexico. Uh, Panama, all this country that they have placed 
in Venezuela too. We're gonna take over that. Um, mm-hmm. They are going to get all these criminals out, and the same thing we're gonna do here. The deep state's gonna go bye bye. The FBI, CIA, no more. No, they they have so much power. The CIA, FBI, that it's time to to abolish them. It's time for them to go bye bye, and, and they are. They are. And, well, I know the FBI should be abolished because the you know the FBI is a domestic terrorist organization. The CIA uh, should probably go because they don't seem to get anything right. They're both hmm? corrupt. No, mm-hmm. they're both corrupt. So we're going to have a new system. And a lot of countries that they're on board with Donald Trump, mm-hmm. those are the countries where the military is going to take over their country and make their country the way it's supposed to be. And over here, too. But the fraud and corruption and money laundering and drug dealing and child trafficking and uh, weapons, selling our weapons, it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's why they murdered JFK and Martin Luther King, because when they saw the child pedophile going on, no good. They disagree, and uh, we believe that's why they murdered them. And JFK yeah, I think uh, I think JFK mm-hmm. was murdered by the CIA. And in fact, uh, Roger Stone has a book on that. That uh, Lyndon yes, Johnson and the did. CIA killed. Well, I want I want to try to get. I'm trying to get Roger Stone on the show because uh, I think he'd be fascinated with our citizen legislation. But he wrote a book, and I haven't read the book. Uh, I should. You know, I was but, next uh, he, to him, but I didn't have a chance to ask him. You know, oh, they were only giving us a second to get a picture with him. So I got close. Ah, yeah, I know. I but anyway, think about that. So LBJ, who wanted the war in Vietnam, which he totally screwed up, and the CIA, yep. which wanted the war in Vietnam, the CIA also wanted to uh, bomb Cuba instead of having a blockade. So Kennedy was killed for a bunch of reasons. One, he blockaded Cuba and allowed the Russians to take Mm -hmm. their missiles out of there. All right. So they weren't completely. And we traded away our Jupiter missiles in Turkey, which were absolutely useless. So he traded away useless missiles, allowed the Russians to to take the missiles out of Cuba. And so he did it without firing a shot. That to me is leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's right out of Sun Tzu, the art of war. So he won the battle without firing a shot. That's, that's the goal of, of, of any president in any military. So that he did right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did not escalate Vietnam. Johnson did. Kennedy was going to get us out of Vietnam. And the other thing that, that they killed Kennedy for is the silver dollar. In other words, back in 1960, he had silver dollar certificates. So our dollar would be backed by silver. Mm-hmm. The dollar would go back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Treasury. Well, it should go back to the U.S. Treasury anyway. Now, Derek Park, our financial guy on Friday, said that with there's not enough silver – to back all the money that's out there now. Well, I'm thinking, well, we, if we reduce the money supply, then those dollars are, you know, they're going to go back to what they used to be. To where, where today, uh, if you had a 1913 dollar, you know, when the Federal Reserve came in, um, 1913, uh-huh. you could buy for three cents in 1913 what it costs a dollar to buy today. That's how much inflation there's been, like yeah. 97% or yeah. something like that, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so we could get rid of the Fed. We could uh, go back to a stable dollar. It doesn't have to be backed by silver, but it, it at least has to be maintained at a, at a consistent level. So there's only so many dollars in the economy, and that amount doesn't change. So as the value of the country goes up, the value of the dollar goes up. So that's, that's a way to, to do that. But he was killed for that, I well, think, for, for Vietnam. But that's, now, now, so, so what do you think? Does, does that make sense? The silver dollar and getting us out of Vietnam and not bombing Cuba, that's why they killed Kennedy. Yes. A lot of that is true, correctly. Uh, there was about 20 between CIA, FBI, Nixon, Bush, the old man, uh, LB, that you're talking about the president, uh, mm-hmm. LBJ, and who else was it? 
All these people planned the killing of JFK. Uh-huh. But we believe that he's not dead. We believe that his wife was in it too, Jackie. Are you talking okay. about John F. Kennedy or John F. Kennedy Jr.? Who are we talking about here? No, no. We're talking about their father, not Jr. I didn't say nothing about Jr. So you believe John, F., you believe believe John Francis Kennedy is alive? That's what somebody said. Send me pictures, and I'm like, what? Have you seen Have you seen the Zabruder Have you seen the Zabruder films? Um, no. Do you know but what those are? What happened? What happens is when I saw the video that they released, I don't know, four years ago. There's a mm-hmm. video that that we watch. It shows that they switch bodies. When he was up in the air, they switched bodies, so it was not. So I don't know. To be honest with you, I, uh, I don't know nothing so, about so that. They, all right, so so he was oh, – wait a minute. Let's just think about this now. So he was 30 – was he like 40? So he's about so he's about 90, 89 or 90. Wait a minute. If he, if he like was that. 40 – if he, he was young, so he was like 40 years old in 1960. So that would put him – so no, he was no, he was thirty. So, oh, all right, let's just say I was just for. So let's say he was forty in nineteen sixty. He wasn't mm-hmm. that young. He was one of the youngest presidents. But I he wasn't think we 35. came up with about closer to ninety. So if he was forty yeah. in nineteen sixty, that would mean by the year two thousand, maybe forty years later, he would have been eighty. So he'd uh-huh. now be a hundred and three. A hundred, a hundred and three. Yeah. Wow. That is so, and you think he's still alive? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, well, and so as somebody was saying about Hitler, we hide him in the country here. It's, no, I, it's, I met this girl in this uh, rally that I went in last year, and she was talking all kinds of stuff. I, said, I don't know about that. <laughs> so where do you draw the line? Crazy. Okay, so I draw the line. I don't believe that uh, there's uh, the, the military is going to take over the country and Donald Trump is in charge. I don't believe that because that, everything that you want done can be done legally and constitutionally. Uh-huh. So I don't believe that. I don't believe that John F. Kennedy is still alive. I don't think that John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive. You know, well, um, but that's yeah, okay. But I do. Because if they that are, why wouldn't why wouldn't they surface and live their lives? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. If you were John well, F. Kennedy Jr., wouldn't you want to live your life openly and publicly? You want to be a hermit for the rest of your life? That doesn't make any sense. Besides, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay. I just so sent another, you a picture. Did you but the get thing it? Is, but, yeah, I'm in the middle of a show. But but here's the question okay. though: At what, where do you draw the line? There's a, there's always a line, right? Oh, here, I got well, it I on, on my phone. It's, um, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be shocking what Donald Trump is going to reveal. That's what we were told over and over and over and over. The world will be, they keep saying he's Trump's uh, leaders and manager and all these people that we talk in different rallies. Say, it's going to be one of the most, the best time to be alive. What you're going to see what is going to be revealed. Okay. All right. And I was like, okay, I'm waiting. I cannot leave. See, wait. now that's, but. it's funny you should say that because I remember back in 2018, I had this really bad premonition. 
Um, and I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm really enjoying the Trump administration. I'm really enjoying these low prices, this good fortune. Finally, things are going right in Washington. The, the things that are supposed to happen are happening. Mm-hmm. We've got energy. We've got, uh, you know, a good foreign policy. We've got a good military policy. You know, NATO's being cut back. Everything was going right. And I had this feeling, strange mm-hmm. feeling. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this just in case something happens. I don't think it will because I'm sure Trump was a two-term president. But I said, just, just in case, I really want to remember this. So I, so I started looking around and watching the news and watching what's happening and noticing all our good fortune. I thought, you know what? This is very cool. Uh, I never thought for a second it'd be taken away. I thought, how can Joe Biden? Joe Biden's not going to beat Donald Trump. That's insane. Now, I, I was convinced already that the 2018 midterms were stolen by the Democrats. I've always believed that the House, that the, the GOP won the House, but they gave it to the Democrats because they're, we, they're weenies, as, as uh, Jonathan Mosley would say. That seven uh-huh. you know, congressional districts in California were won by Republicans, so the Democrats said, oh, we got more ballots, look what we found. And they found just enough yeah. you know, to, to, uh, uh, to make it look like the Republicans lost. But in fact, they didn't because of the, the elections had already been declared. So that's why I think the House never should have gone Democrat. Uh, twenty twenty was obviously stolen, and they're going to uh, twenty twenty two same thing with uh, with Arizona and some other places, and they're going to try yeah. to do the same thing in twenty twenty four. All our elections have been stolen, Greg, and not all of them. Going on. No, I, you, oh you, yeah. So let's go back to Obama. And now, as much as I detest Obama, because he's he's you know in he's terms stolen. of dangerous to this country, he's incredibly dangerous to this country. But do you think that he's he his? You don't think the people voted for uh, for Donald Trump? Yeah, people voted for Donald Trump. But I'm, what I'm saying is, uh, the Democrats they've been cheating just to come that close to make you believe, oh, the Republicans are winning. Oh, but the Democrats won. So, so it's, it's a big fraud. This whole thing it's been going on for years. We did not know what really's been happening. You know. So do you think the Democrats would cheat? even if they could win the election honestly? They, I don't think they can win the, the election honestly. They've been cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating, and they have teams of people like this lady in Fort Lauderdale. I even forgot her name. But it, it's been going on for years, this cheating from way back. So, you know, I don't trust them. They're criminals. And the only way is the military way, and it's because that's the only way. There's no, mm-hmm. there's nothing, nothing. Trump cannot arrest this one and this one and that one because even a lot of the Supreme Court are corrupt, corrupt, and and, and these other people have something on them, and and they can they blackmail them. Look at it. Look, we we have witnessed so much going on, mm-hmm. and you cannot. You really cannot put people in prison because they're not really going to prison. They release them. They're releasing all the rapists and criminals and murders right now. So it's just just out of control, this whole thing. So it's going to come to an All right, so this is where we disagree. I don't see the military as the only way. See, that's the difference. The military is not the only way to do it. Yeah, but see, but that goes against everything that we stand for in this country, that the military know, is subordinate to the civilian authority, that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. So if you want the military to take over, you know, you're, you're trying to create something that uh, is as bad or possibly worse, and everything you want to do can be done legally. The, the uh, Department of Justice can arrest all the folks that you're talking about. Those prosecutions can no, happen. 
But you Sorry, have I, I got my next guest on the line, so I'm going to... Uh, There's nothing you can do to do anything legal, sweetie, because it's a mm-hmm. huge corruption, and there's nothing you can do right now until you drain the swamp completely. And it's going to yes. happen, I guarantee you it will. All right. I think this... I'm I think the swamp can be drained head. without the without the military doing it. But this, this is why we talk about this. This is why we uh, we have a honest That's disagreement awesome. on this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Ciao, uh, Josie. Give a give a plug. Bruce Don't go away without a plug. Shop. Yeah. Ahead, sorry. So Start again. Uniform shop. I'm on Olive Road, and I got the best prices on uniform. Come and get them. See you <laughs> next time. Talk to you, you next go. week. <laughs> Thanks, Josie. God bless. Right. Okay. Bye bye. By now, we have a new guest on the show, uh, Bianca Von Krieg. Let me announce her with our, our guest of the day. Drum roll. Here we go. So I thought to myself, it would be interesting to have you know, more perspective on the show. We have a lot of conservatives. We have a lot of folks that agree. It becomes like, I guess they say, an echo chamber. And so I thought we really need to get some more progressive, you know, socialist folks. And so I was looking on Facebook one day. And people you may know, uh, and I don't know how the connection was, but I found somebody, uh, Bianca Von Krieg, uh, who has, I hope I pronounced that right. We'll find out in a minute. Um, but uh, yeah, let, me let me see if I can find my commentary here. Uh, what is it? Uh, actress and entertainer, democratic socialist. Bianca Von Krieg is an intelligent, educated, trans woman, progressive warrior. Let me make her line live. And let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Hey, Bianca. Welcome to Action Radio. Hi, how are you? I'm on a great time. Uh, we've just uh, we've had a we've got our, our two regulars on Tuesday, uh, Brianna Cannon who does government inquiry and uh, Josie Cassio who mm-hmm. does the Latino report, and so now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. So, what, okay. what did you think when you first uh, heard when we talk about Action Radio and the things that uh, that we do here, and uh, and coming on the show? Well, I'm happy to be here, and uh, you know I thought it was important to connect because I, I feel there's a lot of issues that progressives. And uh, conservatives are, are not being connected on and mm-hmm. trying to be driven a wedge with with the media. You know, I, I don't think it's it not insignificant that a lot of people who couldn't vote for Bernie Sanders ended up voting for Trump. That is and, fascinating. Uh, so yeah, Bernie right? Sanders. I mean, it's not, yeah. Well, let me just say about Bernie Sanders. I uh, I respect Bernie Sanders. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. true to his word. I think he's consistent. He's always been a socialist. He says he's a socialist. He's honest. I just disagree with his policies because I don't think they're going to work. Yeah. But, I, but I, I respect him for being true to who he is. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, stole the election from him, mm-hmm. manipulated the vote, uh, basically rigged the election against Bernie Sanders, and she's a criminal. So I don't care what she stands for. Right. What do you think? Yeah, she, she's an awful person. And, you know, I've been all over the country and I've uh-huh. talked to a lot of different people, and every woman I, I've met, they all say the same thing. I don't trust her. Why is that? Why don't women and trust her? Why don't women trust her? Well, I think yeah. the most apparent thing is is essentially her husband kind of humiliated her um, when he was in office. And for most women, that kind of went a bit of a deal breaker to the relationship. But she stuck around, not because of any devotion to um, the covenant of marriage, but for her own political means, and it showed through. It was very patent, and this kind of deep state practice of relocating mm-hmm. a candidate and rebranding them as a New Yorker when they're from Illinois or something like that, uh, <clears throat> it really doesn't sit well with She people. was never a New Yorker. <laughs> I think she went to Wellesley yeah, College in Massachusetts. I don't know where she's from originally, but 
you know, she's an opportunist. I what do you think of Illinois? Illinois? I believe it's the Chicago area. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, you know what? I think that's right. I think I, I think I remember now. So where Barack Obama, you know, uh, makes his his right. headquarters in his life. That's Chicago's got problems. We can talk about Chicago. Um, so let me ask you Chicago, uh, before we get yeah. into your background, because I, I want to hear your story, how you got all the way from mm-hmm. uh, Vienna, Austria, to here. Um, but speaking of of uh, women in power, uh, Jill Biden. Excuse me, Doctor Jill Biden. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about elder abuse? Do you, can you give me some insight mm-hmm. on her? Because she seems to me pure evil that she would willingly put a man that should be sitting on a rocking chair eating ice cream and watching the sunset instead of in the White House. Um, it seems to me that she – is she exercising any power that we don't know about? Is she you know, running things in the White House like uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson's wife did for a while when he had a stroke? What do you think is going on with her, and why would she – what is well, this I, I don't, obsession I don't think with power? I don't think it's con- Go ahead. I don't think it's confined to her. I think it's confined to his senior staff. The man is definitely oh. suffering from the intermediate stages of dementia. Right. It's patently obvious, and it's embarrassing to the nation. And frankly, it's a huge security risk. This is a man who continuously flirts with World War III, mm-hmm. um, which is you know, via the conflict in the Ukraine. And, uh, he, and then he has command of the nuclear football, too. I, I was just telling somebody the other day, it's like the Joint mm-hmm. Chiefs need to really take control over that. But if if you're if you know about this and you and you continue to be you're essentially suborning um, mutiny uh, and and treason, the man needs to be 25th. Now, obviously, unfortunately, uh, Biden is well insured through Kamala Harris' life and casualty. So that's not too appealing for other people. See, I think Kamala uh, should. Uh, I think if the, if you take Brandon. Uh, out of uh, out of office on the Twenty Fifth mm-hmm. Amendment, uh, or just the fact that, or or what I would like to see is the Trump electors in the battleground states, um, you mm-hmm. know, take take their proper place and just have the the Brandon electors revoked um, for fraud. But either way, if Kamala or mm-hmm. or but if Kamala, that'd be the best uh, thing is Trump to go in for the Twenty Second Amendment. But let's just say that Kamala Harris that uh, that uh, Biden resigns and that Kamala right. Harris takes over. Everybody's like, oh no, we can't have her. She's worse than him. That's the point. Put her in there. Show yeah. how bad it is. That's have, insurance. People be calling for an election the next day. Congress will be taking over. I think that would be that actually would be good for the country. Uh, that somebody that is as bad as she is, as power hungry and as obsessed with Venn diagrams and yellow school buses, she's a child. You know, she got her start. Well, she's not well, you know, like you're, over you're here either. Well, let's yeah, talk about I, it. Because what do you know about I, Kamala Harris? I've how met her before. In the Bay Area? We've, we've... Have you met her? I've been here longer than I probably want to think. Uh, <laughs> probably on and off most of my life. Right. Uh, I, uh, and you know, I, I, I have we have mutual friends of friends, and um, she's not liked here. She she's done some very unpopular things. You know, like most San Francisco politicians, you know, her support is pretty much up for grabs. I think they kind of like have a have a store on eBay where you can buy it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to like having you, you on. Know. This is this is going to be fun. I mean, All right, we well, got uh, we got our current mayor, London Breed, and we call her Dollar Dollar Breed because you know if you got a dollar, she got a holler. Um, but <laughs> okay, folks, now it's, it's people really are, are confused now because She's we're agreeing. On, yeah, people are going to be confused. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you I'm, I'm a Yeah, as me as an anti-federalist, I'm I'm to the right of the conservatives, far to the right of the conservatives. I'm back with the founders, you know, so uh, well, you don't so really people sound are, like are, it, but I am too. I, I support the Second Amendment. I support the First Amendment. Uh-huh. And I also, I was the first Democrat to sign the pledge for term limits. 
And every poll that's done about this says 80% of the electorate wants term limits. We have it in California. We have it it's in San Francisco, and we have it at the state level. Mm-hmm. How has this not happened at the at the federal legislative level? Because that's they don't want to do what people want. Well, that's why I created extra radio. Content. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I created extra and, radio for the sole purpose of people being able to write legislation, the legislation that Congress can't, that the state legislators can't or won't, uh, and even down the local school mm-hmm. boards and city councils. That's what I created this for. I don't care who's on. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> shouldn't well, shouldn't, we talking? shouldn't the actual people we hire to do this be working for us instead of working against us? Well, especially when it's known. Yeah. No, I mm-hmm. agree with you. But here's, here's a question I've had. Uh, because mm-hmm. to me, term limit, it's not the term <clears throat> that is the problem. It's the parties that are the problem. Um, because what I would do is yeah, abolish I, I party agree. members. Well, let me, let, me, let me run this through with you because we can contrast uh, term limits with uh, elimination of parties. Now, I would not eliminate parties because mm-hmm. this is America. Everybody has free speech rights and, you know, and, and commerce rights and things like that. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not talking about eliminating parties. What I would say is that if you're running for political office or while you're in political office, you cannot belong to a party. The party should be abolished in Congress. Let's just say Congress. Parties should be abolished in Congress. The reason is that the, the speaker is not elected by the members. The speaker is elected by the majority party members. The committee chairs are right. not uh, elected by the, the entire membership of Congress. They're elected by the majority party who elects the speaker who appoints the committee chairs. So the entire um, process in both the House of Representatives and the Senate is dominated by whichever party has the most members. So 51 senators control the Senate. Uh, we got 435. My math isn't that good. 228. Um, representatives mm-hmm. control the House of Representatives. Well, that's insane. That's not a representative government. You know, that's yeah. closer to a democracy, as they say, but I don't want that. because You've got a democracy suppressing you know, just under half of the entire legislature who has no voice. So the minority party has no voice right. in either place. So rather than term limits, this is my logical, this is my logic. Right? If, you, mm-hmm. if you say that you cannot belong to a party, that all votes have to be secret you know, within, the, within the Congress, that the speaker is elected by all members. Now, for a while, the parties will still you know, do this, and people will, will make backroom deals. We know what's going to happen. But, but eventually, we'll get to a place mm-hmm. where party membership, especially for the long-term people, if they want to stay long-term, they cannot belong to a party. So why would a party give uh, them that much you know, money if they want somebody newer and more corrupt? So contrast well, limits okay. with getting rid of political parties in the actual legislatures. What do you think? Well, I would also argue that in, in many ways we don't have a party system. Um, you know, a friend of mine and I were driving down Lombard Street and we saw this billboard for uh, like a two ninety nine lease on a Jaguar. And he, the friend turns to me and says, that seems pretty good. I think I'm going to get it. And I said, why would you do that? You're just buying a $299 a month Taurus. Because Jaguar owns Jaguar is owned by Ford. Ford also owns Mazda and Volvo and a few other brands, I think. So you're not really? getting so much candidates anymore as hmm. brands. You okay. Know, these kind of deep state branded people, and there are certain people like myself and the other squad members that you know people love to hate, um, like AOC and everything. And by the way, you're we're a squad not member. Communists. And I'll be, Did you say you call uh, yourself a squad what member? That's they say. Really? Yeah. You don't have to accept the label. Yeah. Take it if you want. I don't care, but I'm just um, curious. Okay. But I'm not a communist. I actually believe in what, what I like to call uh, Christian capitalism, compassionate crap, capitalism. We can okay. talk about that later. But the thing is, yeah. it's, it's about branding these deep state candidates. 
And, and just all you have to do to see this is look what they did when they had, when they had power. Look what the Democrats just did. They, had, they squandered their majority. They didn't do any real economic relief. They, they let the food stamp bonus die before they left office, even though prices in, at the market are skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do anything on abortion, but they, they, they tried to do the politics of fear of it. You listen to Biden. He was going, you've got to keep electing us so we can protect your rights. You're in control now. Just do it now, jackass. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, if you're, if you're a Republican, right, what did they do for you when they did have control? There was no abortion ban, nothing like English as a national language, which was pretty popular. They didn't stack the bench, and they didn't lock it down like they could have done. You know, I remember during the debates with um, uh, the two, two justices, we called the Trump White House, and we asked, did anybody from our side call you guys up and ask for a deal to get you know, people on, our, on the short list or off the short list? Who's and they we? told me no. <laughs> Yeah, my office. Okay, what's your office? office? So, so do you have an organization you want to give a name, any contact information? I'd be curious. Well, I'm running against Nancy Pelosi, so it's Bianca. I love it. You know, dot com. Say it again. I I, I interrupted you. What's it called again? Yeah, it's Bianca for San Francisco dot org. There we go. And um, and there's also links to our YouTube and all our social media down there. So yeah, there's a lot of good uh-huh. videos, a lot of good nasty stuff on nasty Nancy. Um, <laughs> and the, the thing is, we asked them, did anybody and try to offer you a deal? And they said no. And then they oh. added, if they would have, we would have had that conversation. So they didn't even try to really do anything about these people that they're so, so-called complained about, like uh, Kavanaugh and the, uh, Barrett. You know, it really didn't bother them that much. They just wanted to complain about it, and they didn't do anything substantial. And that's the thing that kind of bothers me about our party. They, they tend to just be kind of these uh, emotional complainers, really. I always say dating, a, uh, you know, understanding a Democrat is like trying to date like a high-maintenance woman who just expects you to know what's going on with them, you know? You know it, 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 these is... types on TV that just like, you know, say, you know, well, you should know what's bothering me and you should fix it. And it's like, how right. can you do it? You won't talk to me. So, um, yeah. I, I, this you know, is so funny. It's really important um... for people to look at it that way. I'll tell you what's funny about this. This is, like I say, uh, um, what's interesting is the things that we both believe. I have said that Republicans raise complaining to an art form, uh, which is exactly what you're saying. And so your complaints about the Democrats, my complaints about the Republicans, this is why I don't consider myself a Republican. I register Republican because all the candidates around here are Republican that are worth voting for. And so because, Mm -hmm. but that that again, that's channeling. they're, they're, They're telling us what our choices are. So if you're a Democrat, your choices are, this is what the Democrat Party says, you, who you can vote for, you know, unless you're an independent. But independents, there aren't enough independents, and, and the independent, there is no independent party creating enough people to get out there. You don't get uh, libertarians and greens and all the different folks that are constitution party, the Christian party, things like that. They, you know, or in California, you've got peace and freedom. You've got American labor. You've got the Communist Party. You've got a bunch of different folks. They're not getting anywhere because the two dominant parties control everything. Which is crazy. Well, That's and also thing ranked choice voting really facilitates that, though. Do you and have you that have California now? Voting. Yes, we do, and it works great. And um, and it huh. works both ways too. It's not just something for the you know the liberals. It also you know you can get more like Freedom Caucus in office and things like that. I highly recommend it. 
We don't need well, to go by the politics of the Constitution. Like, yeah. Ex- right choice voting is basically is basically saying, okay, I want this person, mm-hmm. and if I can't get this person, then I, this this other person would be my next bet, and then this other person would be my next bet, and my next choice, and so on and so on like that. And it, it's very it, at that point it gets kind of complicated, but it puts it into like a computer, and it spits out like the candidate that everybody would really want, as opposed to the one person that the, you know, that the party wants to give you. And these, this is really important during primaries, which is unfortunately when most of these elections are really. Um, oh, primaries solved. are more important than the general. Right. <laughs> By the time you get to the general, Prim- yeah, primaries. Yeah. That's that's yeah. when you get your candidate, and and uh-huh. um, and and unfortunately, it's it's a very kind of an insider operation within the electorate. You know, they right. don't advertise for it. You know, you talk to the average person on the street and you say, what the, you say, tell me when the primary election is. And they, you know, they couldn't tell you, you know, um, they probably couldn't tell you, they probably couldn't tell you, their, you know, somebody's birthday before they could tell you when the primary is. But um, <laughs> so it's, it's unfortunately very insight, even though California is in a, in a non-partisan state. So, you know, basically it's the top two vote getters who make it to the election. Um, See, they that, have open primaries had, in California. Actually, you have open primaries yeah. too, right? See, here's the problem I have with yeah. California. The, the primaries, you know, when they open the primaries up, most of the elections, because you know Democrats control California, you had your choice of which Democrat mm-hmm. to vote for in the general election. The Republicans never even made it in. So that to me is wrong. Right. I would Rank- say that's how a Democrat gets a Republican gets elected to office in San Francisco by running as a Democrat. Have, do you know an example of that? Yeah, um, you know, I used to play for the other side, and I was, I was pretty good at it too, as you can probably tell. And uh-huh. I was, we, a man named Peter Thiel approached me and some others and asked us to create like this high-level uh, Republican group to recruit and basically sell conservative candidates. And one person who came to our meeting at the time was a guy named Gavin Newsom, who was running for mayor of San Francisco. Oh, yeah. And I asked myself. We know myself, about Gavin. You know, yeah. Right. I could tell you a lot about Gavin. Um, and oh, please do. I asked one person at, at our You'll be back on. This is great. I, I, I'm enjoying this chat. <laughs> oh, now. I got a lot of, I got a lot of good oh, stuff yeah. about him. And, okay. But I asked, why is this guy in our meeting? And, he, and I was told... By, every, by a room full of venture capitalists and hedge fund managers and, you know, dot-com douches, basically. He is, the most, he is the most Republican person we can get. And we, what we about him was Republican, you know, from his policy? Well, I'll tell I you one thing. There. He said he would solve homelessness by, in 10 years, and that was in 2004, and obviously that didn't happen. It's gotten, I think he increased you know, it. Very <laughs> just, yeah. That, that's one of the reasons I left San Francisco. You know, I, I left San Francisco in yeah. 2017. And so I've been trying to get out for a while. Uh, I was looking to get into radio. And so I got a job in a little station here in Milton, Florida at WBY. And it was, the, it was the world's greatest job for a year and four months until the station was bought out. And we all got fired. Yeah, me first. Um, mm. Then I, said, then I, you know, a few months later, a friend told me about Block Talk Radio, and I've been here ever since. But, uh, but San Francisco, I got there in 1984. It was 
a blast. Uh-huh. I moved there from Boston. A couple of years out of college, I hated Boston. I hated the winters. I wasn't getting anywhere there. It just wasn't a really friendly place. Uh, in Boston, it's one of those places, it's like Europe. You know, you have to have your, your pedigree. You know, uh, are you an Irish Catholic? Mm-hmm. Are you an Italian Catholic? Are you black? Are you, uh, you know, Hispanic? Whatever it is, you've got to belong somewhere because everything's grouped in Boston. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it goes back, you know, it's like the European class system. So California, the thing I loved about California mm-hmm. when I got there, didn't matter who you were. didn't matter what group you belonged to. In those days, this is, not, this is the 80s, right? So everybody was having a good time. It was still peace, love, brotherhood. And I remember one of my first weekends uh, going to Golden Gate Park and, and seeing a, a huge crowd under a cloud of marijuana smoke. Of course, I made my way to the center, mm-hmm. and there was Jerry Garcia, right, with the Jerry Garcia band. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is really cool. I thought, what a great place to be. So, so here I am. You know, uh, still a little bit liberal from my, my University of Massachusetts education, tempered by an internship in Washington and a crossing of the Berlin Wall and a walk across Checkpoint Charlie to East Berlin for a day. So that so I'm already, you know, completely changing um, uh, my, my politics. But it was just fun to be in San Francisco. It wasn't that crowded. People didn't care about stuff. This is before uh, everything just clamped down where you had two classes of people, right. you know, high tech millionaires and homeless. And and I remember. Yeah. I remember tour guiding and I remember going down, um, what's the street? Venice Avenue, right outside city hall. And Uh on the left side of the street, (laughs) they had a cocktail party because it was, it was the San Francisco ballet opening and everybody was in their black and white, Uh you know, pedos and cocktail dresses and things like that. On the right side of the street was a huge homeless encampment right across the street from each other. And I'm like, and I'm looking at my, my, my tourists from Kansas, you know, uh, you know, Ma and Pa Ferkel, you know, with the two kids. What's going on here? I said, this is San Francisco today. This is like my last year of tour guiding. You've got the ultra rich on one side. You've got the homeless on the other. That's the problem with California. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the money is there to fix it. The money is there to fix it, but they don't want to do it. I've always said, you know, we need space launch redundancy in social services. You know, when you send up a, a rocket or something to you know, to the moon or whatever, you don't you don't put one radio, one fuel pump, one engine in there. There's redundancies of systems because if something goes bad and it usually does, then there's mm-hmm. backups there for that. It's like sending a rocket up without without enough fuel and then complaining when it explodes. You know, it's mm-hmm. not the rocket's fault. It's not the design's fault. It's because there wasn't enough gas in in the tank. And that's what they right. do out here, and that's and and unfortunately, that gives uh, lip service to the kind of this Republican mean of failed democratic programs. They're not actually democratic programs, you know, in, in what I would regard as democratic. Uh, but they're, but they're ones that they just did to, just for the the optics. So they got their optics on it. They got it to pass, and then you know th- what happened? The rocket came down and crashed. Um, <clears throat> We, we've seen this many times, many, many times before in San Francisco, and it's such a shame. You know, the only people who are middle class in San Francisco mm-hmm. work for the city and county of San Francisco, and it's because San Francisco is the only body in the city that can afford to pay what, it need, what people need to live there, and they can afford mm-hmm. to do that because they can raise taxes, and that's the thing. We live in a city with the highest concentration of billionaires in the world. Oh, really? Seven and counting. So I didn't far, know that. Yeah, it's 77 billionaires? Wow. It, 77 billionaires. That's like one per square mile. Okay? It's nuts. It's actually more than that. Um, and, you know, I remember during COVID, if you, if mm-hmm. you watch the local news, 
a, a lot of the families are complaining that, you know, the teachers didn't want the schools to open. And it's not that the teachers want, didn't want to work, it's that they wanted the schools to be safe. And how do you make schools safe? You use money. And for these, pe- for these kind of provincial crybabies to just kind of want the teachers to work, but on their terms, was just really obnoxious. When they, all they had to do was just pay. I mean, we, we have so much money here, so much money, and they don't uh-huh. want to solve these problems. And it's, in, and it's embarrassing as a society, and it's embarrassing as a, as, a, as a species. You know, I often say to people, like, if we were to, if we were to be encountered by, you know, a, an extraterrestrial life, how would we explain ourselves? How would we explain mm-hmm. how we treat people who, who you know, who are, who are the least among us? I mean, this, this is kind of the thing that they would actually kind of project onto people like Donald Trump, right? They would say, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's very Trumpist for people to just say, hey, you got, you know, you know, fish or cut bait, you know, sink or swim, all that nonsense. But really, <laughs> it's happening right here. And it, and it has nothing to do. And so and they only have themselves to blame. And their own, I would say, like, the, the typical San Francisco photo is unfortunately – um, an amoral, greedy dilettante. Hmm. And we really need to change that. We really need to be educated. You know, if you, if you watch, watching CNN doesn't make you informed. Buying a Subaru doesn't make you white. Uh, you know, going to Whole Foods doesn't make you a, you know, nature person. You have to become more educated because there's so many problems out there that need solving, and they're not doing it. They're wasting time with these ridiculous issues you know the only well, thing that really fixes anything someone okay. someone's got a benefit Go so so this is, this is the action radio you know uh, yeah. logic and logic and reason filter so uh, for anything that happens is there's usually a reason for it so who benefits from an increasing homeless population because somebody's making money off this well it's obviously there's the developers um, how well, the, the kind of the kind of the, the relationship they have with the city is mm-hmm. the developers come in and say, you know, we're going to build like this new high rise, and 20% of the units will be devoted to you know what they call below market units, BLM. And um, mm-hmm. and confused me. I thought that was Black Lives started. Matter. So now we now we have a new acronym. We'll have to says, so below. Yeah. Below market yeah. level. That's interesting. So, so, so a condo. Level, yeah. So I've seen the condo. I remember the condo complexes um, that were being built as I left. They were, I think, mm-hmm. what three million for a box, you know, to start, or whatever the price was. So that that Pretty green bad. one, that sort of round green building. You know what I'm talking about? This is six years ago, so there might be new ones now. But how much are they? Uh, are some of the new condos selling for in these high rise complexes? And, and what is what it, the below market level would be? How much? So give me a, a price range. I'm just curious. Well, it's not. It's not. I I don't know so much about the sales, but I can tell you about the rents. And the rent, the rent, the rent okay. ones are pretty good. They're 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 in the they're in the three digit range, lower three digits. So they're actually pretty good. What? But the thing is, there's not enough of them, and that's that's what happens. Is that when the, when these buildings are built, they argue about like how many of them should go to low income and how many of them should just be free market. And that's where we're losing. And then there's people who don't even want the buildings to happen too. And they're, they're the real problem. They're, they're kind of these are your aging baby boomers who just want things to happen. Hey, I'm an aging and baby boomer. You don't boomer. want to pay the price. <laughs> I'm like the last <laughs> of the baby boomers. Yeah, it's kind of funny. 
Right. And so uh, so they don't want these buildings to be built because, unfortunately, it changes the landscape a little bit. And um, there's some shadow they could cast, but that's, that's, that's the cost of progress. Oh, so, you know, folks in California, uh, we're, we're, we talk a lot of inside – we're going to be talking a lot of inside baseball. I have a feeling – I spent 30 years in, in the Bay Area in San Francisco, so I'm well acquainted with this. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's unique – Excuse me. One of the things unique about uh, San Francisco, they actually have sun rights, and that is right to the sun. So in other words, if you build yeah. a big building and put somebody else's building in a shadow, you can't do that because that building has a right to the sun. And so this mm-hmm. is serious stuff, you know. So those big high rises, yeah, no, they usually down. Yeah. yeah, and actually, I don't mind that. I don't have a problem with that because the if you want it, the worst example is like Waikiki Beach in Hawaii. You know, you've got all the big high rises on the coastline mm-hmm. and the smaller hotels, you can't see anything. You know, so I understand that. Well, it makes um, sense but, if you bought a house, assuming that it would be a certain way for the, you know, I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I understand sunrise. But the thing is, is that at some point you, you got to like say, you know, we can have the we can have the growth and we can have the equity in our community or, uh-huh. you know, somebody can have like, you know, grow their perfect, you know, eggplant in their backyard. Uh, Who has a backyard a in San Francisco? Actually, some people do. The old Victorians. I, I used to. Oh, yeah. did you live in the city? I lived in the city for a while. We had a, not yeah. much of a backyard, but I was renting a place uh, and right across, it was on the Panhandle. So on one side was the Haight-Ashbury. I was in, quote, the Western edition. In fact, we actually we actually lived about three blocks from each other, which is kind of funny. I was probably gone yeah. by the time you got there. Yeah. I'm not sure, but, or maybe not. Maybe there's a cross. We could have bumped into each other, you know, 10 years ago in the city and not know and, it. And, and, um, the, and the WA yeah. has become very gentrified too, by the way. Oh, it's called the WA now, the Western Edition. Oh, I, prettiest... I, was just, I was just using. Yeah. Oh, okay. Some <laughs> I of don't the know prettiest what... Victorians are, are on like Broderick Street mm. uh, for those and, and mm-hmm. on both sides of. Uh... So San Francisco is a neighborhood city, but downtown is, yeah. you know, and I don't mind the big high rises downtown because they already have high rises. You know, I remember right. uh, Transamerica Pyramid was the big one. Now I guess they got other uh, other buildings. It's all built on on you know landfill land. It's all built on reclaimed land. There's nothing but uh, right. gold gold rush uh, sailing ships under I'm those big buildings. Is, is starting, is it's starting the, to lean? The, the Millennium Tower. Well, yeah, the Which Millennium one? Tower is having some Which, structure. The Millennium Tower. That's the new conference. And it's having right? some major structure. Uh, yes, I believe it's a residential building. And it's uh, it's starting to lean a little bit, <laughs> and there's define to it to define it. a little bit. I mean, the, the, if that thing falls, this is a long way to go. So define a little bit. <laughs> How much are we talking about? <laughs> well, I think any bit is is bad, and when you're doing well, that's what I'm asking. Kind of you know, structure, <laughs> they, they've already noticed it leaning. Oh my god! Just well, I don't think it's uh, visual. I don't, but it's it's. From an uh, engineering standpoint, it's detectable and it's a problem. They're scrambling to fix it, uh, but it's embarrassing. How do you fix it's, it? It's, it's, it's this is like what sixty stories tall. I, I have, I have no idea. I mean, they built I it on mush. What were they no thinking? No idea. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> well, presumably uh, they went down to bedrock at some point, but yeah, I mean, most of San Francisco people don't know this is actually landfill. Yeah. Uh, the All Marina the District. Stuff. That's why you got. Yeah, anything that's really like super fly is, is landfill, and that's were you there for the earthquake in '89? Earthquakes. Uh, we haven't talked to age yet, but I'm just curious. Uh, but were you there in '89 by chance? Yeah. Or no? Well, you were. Uh, I was. I was actually. Uh, I actually grew up um, in Pebble Beach, so I was closer to the epicenter in the San Jose oh, wow. area. But okay. Yeah. 
And, so, Elizabeth, um, we haven't talked about you yet. Let's, yeah. let's get a little background, because so, I definitely want to have you back. Oh, this is okay. fascinating. Uh, you're going to give <laughs> us some great insight into the progressive, socialist, <laughs> liberal, Democrat, all the kind of stuff that, uh, that I can't ask my regular colleagues because they don't know. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Um, right. but, so you started life in Vienna, right? Tell me a little bit about that and how you ended <laughs> up in California. Well, I was born there. Um, so my family is originally a gold rush family. Really? Um, they came here. Yeah, they came here for the gold rush. Okay. And because they were from Austria, once they half of the family repatriated after we dug up our, we actually dug up the second biggest silver load in the history of the world. Um, wow. And uh, so half of the family went back to Austria, half of mm-hmm. us stayed. So we kind of, you know, there was kind of this incestuous back and forth of us going back and forth, born in Vienna. Uh, but you could have been born here. Did your parents family. were they? Did they move back and forth at all? My 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 father was Austrian too, but my mother was Greek. And, oh, uh, my father's yeah, a Greek Australian, so we've we've got that in common. That's interesting. Greeks go everywhere. There you go. Yeah, and uh, and then I I went to school here and in the, on the East Coast. Okay. And uh, I started out as an engineer, all mm. things. You went to MIT. Yeah. I saw that on your Facebook page. Yeah. Tell me about tell me about this, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. That's a good school. Uh, You're studying engineering it there. It was, it, was, it was yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean they do have other fields, but um, yeah, I did I did engineering, I did systems engineering, and, uh, encryption. That was my specialty. Um, and then I, I came well, I have to, to ask you. I was, I, uh, hold on, yeah. I have to ask you. The the recent leaks of these so-called documents on the Ukraine war and yeah. uh, the Brandon insurrection spying on our allies and things like that. They don't look real to me. First of all, there's like no cover sheet, yeah. there's no top secret, there's no there's no nothing. Is I have heard uh, this is a news report on one it's, American it's, news. It's, it's essentially me. embarrassing. It's just embarrassing to the nation. I don't but are think they real? Fundamentally harmed. See, I heard the documents uh, were released say. on purpose. Here's, here's what I heard. So, some, so the documents were released yeah. on purpose because, the, because Brandon, you know, the, their administration, they can't say <laughs> the truth. They've been lying to the American people the whole time. Now, Colonel Doug McGregor, who's been yeah. on the show, he's been on Fox News, One American News. So he's a regular critic of the, of the war in Ukraine because it was always going to be lost. So am I. Russia, Russia's, okay, yeah, well, I'll ask that in, in a second. But the whole point yeah. is that, that the Ukraine yeah. couldn't, there were, well, I didn't either. But Ukraine could not beat the Soviet Union or Russia. That's just that's just ridiculous to think so. Anyway, no, the point is, yeah, it is. Brandon I completely agree. Okay, oh, good. I think we're going to agree on more than we disagree. This is going to be fascinating. But the yeah, point is that they couldn't say that they were lying to the American public, but they may want to either yeah. get more money or they want to get out of it. Either way, if they say they lied, then they lied, and then they look they look terrible. But if they have a leaker who leaks the information and mm. shows how bad the situation really is. They blame the leaker for the leak, but then they use that information and say, well, now that we know that it's worse than we thought, maybe we should cut back or maybe we should give even more money, depending on whether they're globalists. So do you think, as someone that, that knows cryptology, systems, engineering, things like that, do these documents, I don't know if you've seen them, Glenn Green, Greenwald has published them, various other sources. Do they look mm-hmm. real? Are they real classified documents, or is this just a, uh, a cyber operation, uh, a PSYOP? Psychological operation. Well, I would, make, I would say statistically it's possible in that they are, that they're real documents. I mean, you know, the the government tends okay. to want to overclassify like everything, just because okay. they don't want to tell people anything they don't have to. Hmm. Uh, 
the war in the Ukraine, don't get me started. I, I think the thing, the problem is they're having... <laughs> we mean, don't get you started. Basically, That's the whole point of the show. <laughs> it's Sorry. like, it's well, it, these nations are both their bags. Mm-hmm. And there's like one degree of separation in that, you know, Ukraine has some small moral high ground in that they were the invaded. But uh, this goes back way long, long before, um, you know, last year. Uh It's been a problem. My personal view is that um, like uh, like most countries, uh, Ukraine was hit, hit pretty hard by the pandemic. They looked for a way to cut down on uh, their expenses, and they thought, well, our military is pretty huge. If we join NATO, uh, we could really save a lot of money there. Unfortunately, that pisses off Putin, and there you go. But, uh, yeah, you know, sending $52 billion over there when, you know, people are dying in our streets, what are you, nuts? I don't think like 110 that. now or more, probably about close to yeah. 130. It's, it, it, they're writing checks like they're going out of style, and then on top of that, the guy is a, is a jerk. He comes over here in his green shirt, doesn't even have his hat in his hand, and his wife is dropping forty grand in Paris shopping. This this is not you know project in you know indignance. You know, so what do the Democrat Party feel about this? Because uh, you know the Democrats uh, I'll be blunt, stole off, the election for Brandon. AOC, I can tell you. Say that again. We're, we're we're very we're very we're very annoyed at progressives who sold us out like AOC on this one. Okay. Uh, you know, I will say that I've I've had words with her about it. Uh, she seems. Oh, to can you get her on the show? Can you bring her on the show? Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to AOC. That would be fabulous. And I'll be fair. Well, like I said, you, you and know, a lot of obviously people. I disagree with her, but what's that? Well, you and a lot of other people. She's pretty popular, but uh, yeah, I, I I was very annoyed with her about it because it's like okay, you know, progressives shouldn't be starting wars. As a matter of fact, I want to get us out of wars like Korea and. You know these Middle Eastern conflicts that just end up spying terrorist groups. Um, All right, so this is critical. So I oppose the wars as a you know I hate to say conservative because it's not really true. Uh, as as some as a you know America first patriot, um, basically anti-federalist. If you read the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, I'm closer to those guys. And so, but you as a progressive. You know, which is the opposite end of the political spectrum, are also against these wars. And this happens a lot, actually. People, yeah. It happens more than people think. So who are the people that are for these wars? I call them the permanent – you could call them the deep state or what I call the permanent war class. You know, the John Boltons, the Lindsey Grahams, you know, both the Democrats and Republicans that are in favor of all these wars all over the place, Iraq, Afghanistan, right. Ukraine. None of them should have happened. Korea should have never happened. Vietnam should have never happened. There's no reason for any of these wars. None no. of them were declared no. by Congress. They're it all illegal. do anything. It's like – but what's the progressive anything, like, view on that? Say, like, thank you for your service. Like, I'm, you know, like, how does you being in Afghanistan protect me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you a veteran? I don't I think you're, you're, I feel... you're a veteran too, right? If I remember, or no? No, I'm not. No. Okay. You know, All right. But, and but I feel what... sorry for people who are injured and things like that. It's just terrible. Yeah, me too. But um, well, let's. You know who so benefits? The oil companies benefits for one. Okay. That's who benefits. And the thing is, is and the. And what's happening now in the media is ridiculous. Nobody is talking about the fact that prices are going up because of this mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. Fuel costs are going up because of this war, which also has an effect on everything else. Everything you see in the supermarket needs gas to get where it's going. Mm-hmm. And, um, and nobody's talking about it. In California, they're actually talking about like fuel 
recipes and the summer recipe versus the winter recipe. Are you out of your mind? It's, it's the well, that's North California. Stream re- recipe. It's, it's <laughs> the fact that, you know, it's the fact that Russia is part of OPEC and can't sell its oil, which means the current supply and uh, the current demand for the current supply skyrockets and the prices right. go up. That's what it is. Don't make it anything else. We shouldn't be involved in this war with Russia. You know, I, we, we made a valiant effort. We tried to throw some money at it and just didn't happen. And it's just going to end up just being a you know, bottomless uh, hole for money. Because well, they're going to keep fun. They're all like throwing people in. Uh, they've lost thousands, of, hundreds of thousands of people. Both sides have lost hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. They've instituted drafts on both sides now. Just, you know, and you don't it, see the graves. I think this is it's like the war where nobody seems to no. die. You hear about it, but you never see, you know, where are all these people being buried? That's if, why if, there, no if there was a news report, what's that? I mean, there's, there's a lot of reporting in these situations, but there's not a lot of news, you know, like, like there was in um, the Gulf War. It's, it's always talking, you know, when you see on the news, they're always like finding like some old lady who's like living in a hut because of it or something like that. Right. But they're not talking about any real figures. You're not seeing embedded guys walking around with, you know, units. And, um, you know, there's very little of that. And it's for that reason, because they don't want to really expose what's going on there. There's war crimes on both sides, both sides. If people don't uh, have access to Russia, to Russia Today, I try. I highly recommend you, ask, you try to Russia get it. Russia Today? You might have to go. Yeah, it's a great news source. Yeah, it's obviously you know biased, but you can learn you can learn quite a bit. Oh, I don't care. Listen, I use biased sources all the time. I mean, I use the American press. <laughs> you know, I, I right. press. In fact, I have uh, I have a whole folder. We have one of we have about twenty different groups at Action Radio, and one of them is the International News Group. And so I get sources from all mm-hmm. over the place. I have no problem doing that. Um, I think I've got Pravda and, and TASS, and, and maybe I haven't got Russia today, but uh, I've read some things about that. Well, the Nord Stream Two pipeline. Mm-hmm. For example, I mean, right. when uh, Seymour Hirsch broadcast uh, or reported that uh, Brandon blew that up with Norway with uh, explosive charges right. and uh, a son of boy, uh, and they tried to blame Russia for that. I never believe Russia blew up their own pipeline. That's just stupid. No, no. So what, is, what are they saying on the West Coast about that? like reverse black fag. That's ridiculous. Of course it was us. And it's embarrassing. And and. I, I was so livid over that. Uh, you know, I was making a lot of phone calls to uh-huh. my colleagues that day. I was so livid. Like, how dare we do that thing? I mean, it's, it's a war crime. It's, it's an act of war is what it, it is. But it's not being it's treated as such. It's an act of war. Yeah. It's an act of war. And it's obviously just you know, people are struggling right now. They're, you know, with fuel prices. And then you just, you know, double down on that. Mm-hmm. My God. Who do these people think they are? You know, it's flirting with World War III with a, with a guy who's basically your classic James Bond villain. Are you out of your oh, mind? Oh, Blofeld? <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. thought about that. It's, it's an interesting comparison. The, the, guy, yeah. the guy cannot be any more arch. You, you know, the guy just looks like your classic James Bond villain, and he behaves like one, too, throwing people out windows and, you know, just offing people whenever he wants to. See, I don't have any. I, I, that's something I don't know about Putin. Do you have uh, some documentation or a source on that? That'd be that would be fascinating. No, no. It's just unfortunately, it's just stuff you hear through, you know, reporters of reporters who apparently yeah. are now spies too. Okay. Um, 
Doesn't mean it's not true, it's but I always like to I like to verify things like that as much as possible. Like Putin is literally throwing people out of windows. If that's who he is, I think we should know about it. But if he's not, not him personally, then but yeah, then but he could have have it done. That wouldn't surprise me. That, yeah. That's what you know dictators do. Yeah. But if he's not doing that, and the people are saying about it, are they saying it? You know, they said uh, Trump was uh, you know a racist white supremacist and all this other a kind racist, of crap. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah, true. It's just, it's just, a, uh, just a meme. You know, he hires black people, he hires women. It's just, um, it's just one of those memes they do to get people charged up about something. Yeah. yeah. It's not really well, bad. Well, what yeah. I want to do over, over a series of shows, because mm-hmm. I do like having you on, um, is, is, is mm-hmm. really get into the real progressive stance. Not, not necessarily what's said. You know, mm-hmm. let's separate, as they say, the wheat from the chaff. Let's talk about uh, – um, so before we go, we've only got about uh, 12, 15 minutes left um, – what is the what what is the progressive uh, what do progressives stand for? Uh, I think we're going to agree on some things. We're going to completely disagree on other things, and that's okay. Um, that's but uh, we're certainly going to talk about them. But in terms, of, I think about the idea on war. But just if you had like some basic things that progressives are, are advocating right now, what, give me some uh, examples, and then I can you know work on that for. If you come back next week at this time, it'd be great. This, this hour is open. Uh, this would be a perfect time to chat if it works right. for you. Okay. Uh, well. <laughs> If not, uh, then we'll, we'll talk about it here. Uh, yeah, I we'll do enjoy being on the show. Um, yeah. Um, Why you always tell me you when know, you're If I could think too. of three things off the top of my head, it would be uh-huh. uh, Medicare for All, Green New Deal, and Universal Basic Income or Guaranteed Basic Income. And this is something I cannot say enough about, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the panacea because this involves solving the problem u- using the source of the problem, meaning the uber-rich. So, you know, we you take the money from the billionaire class to even up the other classes, including the middle class and even, even like the upper class. And when I say this, you know, the Republicans and the deep state candidates like to twist it around and say, oh, we're going to be taking it out of your paycheck, out of your taxes. No, it's not mm-hmm. coming out of the guy who works in the muffler shop. Okay. It's coming mm-hmm. out of the Zuckerbergs who have a, a, a yacht, with, you know, with their own zip code on it. And it <laughs> We're talking about this kind of obnoxious <laughs> level of wealth. No, okay. I'm serious. You guys, all you guys have to do is Google Jeff Bezos' yacht, and you're gonna you're you're gonna want to lock and load at that point. Um, He's got his own zip code. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, it's like I'm talking about people. My, we're working with former Labor Secretary Robert Wright to hammer uh-huh. down a plan. But what we're looking at is, you know, if anybody with nine digits or more of wealth, you're on my radar. Everybody else, okay. don't flatter yourself. Okay, it's uh-huh. we're not we're not precluding you know kind of this class mobility or anything like that. We're not trying to institute communism. The worst case scenario, you know, is is Canada, but the ideal can, uh, scenario is like Northern Europe, where okay. everything works, is balanced, is you know you have free markets, but they're regulated well. And, and there's a correction system. And, this, and here's what conservatives might like to hear, too. Part of uh-huh. this program would also involve eventually eliminating, like, the, the, lit, uh, the minimum wage and housing subsidies and all these things that, uh, you know, essentially put a tax on the local system when we, really what we need is a tax on the global system that is causing this problem. And then they'll be able to do all kinds of cool things like price uh-huh. discrimination, too. Uh, so imagine uh, going to a, a Starbucks and seeing like a nice, I don't know, $75 cup of coffee for the dot douches, you know, who, and then like, you know, 
ten cents for everybody else, right? So That's separate prices nice. based on income, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because once you know how much people make like that, you can have like an income classification system and get their ID and say, hey, I'm poor, give me like the cheap coffee and then okay. you know, give the rich guy the $100 coffee and that, then everything evens out. And that's what they don't want to do. And that's why um, the deep state is fighting it so hard. That's why they're using memes like communist. I'm not communist. The squad is not communist. I'd be the first person to end a communist, okay? Not communist. We're actually trying to these people that the squad, let me tell you something. They want to hurt they want to help people like that the most at the expense of the people who hate them the greatest. I cannot stress that enough. I I know they have they have optics that don't, you know, work for them that well sometimes. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Ilhan Omar for one thing. Um but um yeah, we, we want to help working, struggling people the most at the expense of people who hate them the most. And that's the deep state. The people who think that it's okay for people to be born into indentured servitude and live that way. We have no problem with that. I've seen here in San Francisco. They make me sick. They make me sick to my stomach that, I, you know, that I'm sharing a species with people like that. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm going to fight them. I'm going to take them out. It's going to start with Pelosi, their lap dogs, and we keep going from there. We 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 um, we did it with Newsom too. You know, I got five hundred thousand Democrats to sign the the recall of Gavin. How Newsom. did you do that? Did you do this publicly, or it's, was there a group you're working with? How'd you do that? Oh yeah, well I was working with the uh, the other leaders of the recall, Orrin Healy and um, Mike Netter, who were you know. Yeah, how come that didn't come out of the news where progressives were, were working to get rid of uh, Gavin Newsom with uh, the conservatives, uh, the Republicans that are working to get rid of him? See, that, that's a great story. It is a great story, and we tried to get it out there. But again, you know, it's a deep state problem, right? Okay. Um, okay. Deep state is controlling the media, and that's why they're not getting out. But yeah, we did do it. Oh, I know and what that's like. The reason, and, <laughs> we're suppressed incredibly and I, on this show. Yeah. I, can, yeah. I can tell you, I sat yeah. in on every Democratic club meeting up and down the state. I think until the COVID, I was able to do it virtually. And the line that came down from the top was, if you even think about getting in on this recall, meaning like pulling a cruise Bustamante, um, mm-hmm. you're done. You're done. Uh, and let parties. me tell you about another guy. Yeah, uh, a, a guy named Brad Thomas or something. Now nobody knows this guy, but this this yeah. guy is a Democrat, and he got in on the on the recall at like the the end's hour. You know, he plunked down the four thousand dollars, which is nothing in California. He's a right. patent attorney in um, in Beverly Hills or something like that. But all he was was a Democrat, and this guy got more votes than the established Republican candidate from the last election for governor. I think it was mm-hmm. um, the the mayor of San Diego, Faulkner. Guy who didn't know, nobody knew, didn't spend any money other than the registration fee, and he got more votes. It's, you know, it was a chance. A lot of Democrats want to get Newsom out because he's not doing anything that he talked about, and this was their chance. This was their chance. You know, it mm-hmm. it could have. You know, I had a guy in who was a you know terrific um, county supervisor. He's black. He's a very progressive guy. Just couldn't get past the the the, the threats. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that the media wouldn't pick it up. 
because they're not they're not interested in in liberal causes. They're interested in what liberal causes can do for the status quo. It's very important. That makes sense. To to real, realize that, um, you know, they they talk about things like gay rights and all these things, and, but really they're not interested in any of that unless they can protect the status quo. And, um, you know, Newsom could have resigned at any point, you know, if they were really interested in project, in protecting a democratic agenda, right? Because then it just would have been the lieutenant governor who's also a Democrat, and then, you know, everything's preserved. It wasn't about protecting a democratic agenda in California. And, you know, it was protecting a Newsom agenda in California, who, if most people don't know, is Pelosi's nephew, by the way, by marriage. Yeah, I've mentioned it on the show, but it's always good to repeat it. And also the thing, and then and then here's the best part, right? People told me like, well, what if we get a Republican governor in there? And it's like, you know what? Technically, big deal. California is a Democratic supermajority state, in which case legislature can override everything that the governor does. So even if you had a Republican asshole in there who was doing <laughs> everything that the Democrats didn't want to do, it would it would just be talk because they could override. You know any any vetoes that he does, and that would be it. So, so really, it was all upside. But I remember when I got to California, there were a couple of really boring governors that were administrators. Uh, uh, George Duke Majin comes to mind. Pete Wilson to a lesser yeah. extent. But George Duke Majin was an administrator. You know the highways were yeah. built. Uh, the the what he could. You know the power plants. The uh, you know the the the, the gasoline was supplied. He basically took care of things. Um, he was boring. Mm-hmm. He was an administrator. And he's a Republican. To me, that's like the perfect governor. I don't need somebody to be flamboyant. You know, it all went downhill when Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger uh, became governor because he's not Republican. I don't know. He's deep state. Um, but, he's a um, deal. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But whatever happened to those wonderful, boring Republican governors? You know, they're not going to go elected today. When did California become, California, excuse me, become such a, a Democrat supermajority state? Um, to me, it seemed like it was, I guess, Late 80s, early – well, probably Bill Clinton is the one that brought it in. Right. But before that, in the 80s when I was in California, it was uh, pretty much half and half. There was no – I mean, there was a strong Democrat, and there was actually a strong Republican Party. and That's how we got Duke Majin, yeah. you know, and Pete Wilson. But after that, yeah. how did right. Democrats take <laughs> over so quickly? I, I think there, there's a stigma to being Democrat in, in California uh, – excuse me, a stigma to being Republican in California – and okay. so you end up having a lot of these kind of really conservative Democrats who just don't want to, you know, I, I always say it's like, you know, like being Republican is kind of like being the, the minivan mom in, in politics when, when you still want to believe that you're young and you, and you can get by with the SUV and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and be like the, the SUV <laughs> and the, you know, the Democrats being the SUV when really, you know, you, you need like a, a minivan to get the job done. It's um, it, there's a there's a stigma to it, um, in, in, unless you're like Didn't used to be. coastal. Seventy percent of yeah. California's population lives within thirty miles of the coastline. Right. That's forty million people. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's 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 very much all optics right now in California. Not a lot of substance, uh, which is why we have a lot of. Uh, you know, infrastructure problems when we have emergencies like with fires and things like that. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you heard, but there was one morning I woke up in September a couple of years ago, and the sky was blood red. I thought it was like the, the apocalypse. I mean, it was. It was all fires. The sky. Yeah. 
it was all all the fires. It was all the fires. The sky was blood red. It was something out of like American Horror Story or something like wow. that. Wow. It was so surreal. I was it, it was um if you weren't a religious person that day, you uh, you definitely got pretty close. <laughs> um it was, it, you can look up pictures of it um like Red Dawn in San Francisco or something like that. Um, it's it was awful. It was really the awful. open fires. I wasn't actually there for them. I was out of town, but uh, those are pretty bad. But that's because they had eucalyptus, Australian gum trees, <clears throat> which are terrible in fires. They explode as opposed to redwoods, which actually are yeah. resistant. Um, but the problem with California, and we have uh, we've got a, uh, we can run a little bit over time. I don't know what your schedule is, but uh, uh, just real quickly, mm-hmm. California. From when I got there in eighty two, eighty four, excuse me, uh, until I left. They never built a new reservoir. They never built a new power plant. In fact, they closed power yeah. plants, particularly nuclear ones. They didn't build new highways. Mm-hmm. There was no infrastructure, yet the population doubled. You can't yeah. double the population that, that doesn't add. and expect the previous infrastructure of power, water, you know, everything else. Uh, and then they, they let all the water you know, from the snowpack, the, the, the 30 feet of snow that falls every year in yeah. the Sierras that comes to San Joaquin and the Sacramento mm-hmm. River, and they, they send it out the Golden Gate into the Pacific. Well, the Pacific doesn't need more water, but the farmers do. <laughs> so they cut yeah. the farmers off. You they've, know, actually, they've cut off the water. They've actually they've cut taken off the, a number of reservoirs off. They've actually taken a number of reservoir, uh, reservoirs and dams offline for that's environmental even more reasons. more stupid. That's, that's even uh, dumb. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You you know, know, I think... Um, we even tossed around an idea about flooding the um, the Grand Canyon. Um, <laughs> well, do you remember? Well, you know Hetch Hetchy, Seriously. right? You know where you know where San Francisco yeah. gets all its water. Hetch Hetchy is the Yosemite Valley. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a valley that was at one point prettier, they said, than than Yosemite, but it was flooded. Yeah. So San Francisco has water. I mean, you know, but uh, do you want to have a nice you... campground or do you want to have life? What's you know, <laughs> it's it's just that simple. You can have a nice. Nice camping trips for people, or you can have mm-hmm. you know life for the state. Yeah. You can have you can have uh, vegetables on your dinner plate, or you can have you know a Big Mac and a camping ground. It's your choice. So yeah, I mean you can flood you can flood the Grand Canyon. It'll bring in a ton of water. It'll actually create a lot of beachfront property. <laughs> or so you're in favor of that? Of flooding the Grand Canyon? Just as an example? Because I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of, of technical. I mean, we don't even need to do that stuff anymore. Um, we're yeah. actually going to be taking the Green New Deal back to formula because of our species changing event that happened on December 5th. And for those of you who don't know, that's when we achieved fusion ignition in Lawrence Livermore Labs. So, um, so it <clears> has <throat> already been done, or it was done last year, or it's coming up? Yeah. No, they did no, do it. No, so it December 5th of what, 2022? We can do it. Yeah. And, so, and, and the so, thing is, these are people I used to drink with at Stanford, and like, like, I, like we just changed the world. <laughs> like, I can't believe okay, so it. So hang on. This is, this is and I've got to look this up now. I'm curious. So Fusion Ignition, mm-hmm. yeah. December 5th, 2022, at the Lawrence Livermore Lab? Yeah. Okay. Lawrence Livermore Labs it. and... Uh, well, basically, that means free energy, as much free energy as, as you can muster, the power of the sun, the power of the stars. So we've duplicated True solar power. Fusion. I mean, real solar power. We've, done, we've documented you, you No, uh, no, it's, no, no, no. Solar power is by mostly convection. I'm talking about nuclear fusion. 
the stuff that well, happens inside Well, that's what I meant to say. I, I misspoke. Uh, so you've duplicated yeah. how the sun works. You're actually creating a nuclear fusion yeah. reaction on Earth. Is it controllable? Is it um, yes. easily converted yes. to regular? So in that case, and I'm still a fan of the gasoline engine. I don't like electric cars because I don't like the batteries and the, and the waste and the, uh, mm. the pollution and the, the fact that you have child labor you know, digging this, the, the lithium out. But if you guys have already got mm. fusion, why isn't that worldwide news? Yeah. That's December. That's, that's we, got, we got a 24-hour news cycle. It's because the media, I, I've met so many reporters, and I can tell you these people, you know, are basically a, a, a box of hammers. Huh. Okay. They're, they're, they, they don't understand. I mean, you go back to the news conferences. You can see these scientists. They're giddy. They're giddy. I mean, scientists don't get giddy like that. They were giddy with excitement. <laughs> yeah, they're not, a, they're not a, a wild partying bunch generally. Yeah. See, this yeah, one is you can't okay. it's very technical, but um, the, the implications are global. I mean, we're talking about, you know, scrapping our current environmental policy, mm-hmm. uh, taking everything back to formula. It's going to be huge. And, uh, back to formula. It to reflect what does that mean, back to yeah. formula? You've said that a couple of times. This means back to the drawing board, you know, um, you know reassessing okay. everything. It's going to mean reassessing missions to Mars and things like that because you're going to be able to have news. Um, inter, you know, star drives and things like that. It, it's going to be huge. Having unlimited power, unlimited power, is is a species changing event. It is an evolution. Absolutely. Changing. Well, event. yeah. I mean, you figure uh, the industrial revolution with uh, there's not going to be any more coal. energy wars. The Middle East. Okay. You know that stuff. That stuff is all over. Well, that's good. All done. Uh, yeah. Um, so. It, so uh, what we want to do is uh, Biden, the Biden administration wants to get the first fusion generator online in 10 years. I think we can do that and have that with a Manhattan Project level mobilization. Why don't you talk to Trump? If anybody's going to get it online, he's going to. Well, he, you know, he was pretty progressive with the whole Space Force thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, who opened yeah, up our energy, that. made it low cost? Who, who, wants, who wants to bring back manufacturing? You know, if, you, if we have unlimited energy... We've got unlimited transportation, yeah. manufacturing. You know, uh, I want my yep. own jet, but if it's electric, I don't care. As long as it, you know, flies fast <laughs> and I can do cool things in the sky, I'm happy. But, see, now, when I think of the Green New Deal, well, they I think They do have converting... individual flying suits. Say that again? Have you, have you seen those as individual, like, flying apparatuses? Oh, you have a little jet pack on the back? Yeah, I have. Yeah, there's a there's yeah. This, uh, guy in Europe that does that. I've forgotten. Uh, I can look up the videos. But, yeah, he has his own. He actually flies. He has a jet, a jet engine yeah. on his back, and away he goes. Yeah. I want um, one of those, I, you know. Okay. Well, okay. we should probably go, but I need to talk to you a lot more because, yeah. you know, especially when conservatives think of the Green New Deal, they think of a solar and wind and taking away our energy, taking away all of our, what I call organic fuels, you know, oil, coal, natural gas, nuclear, things like that, uh, and replace it, and basically controlling our energy with smart meters saying this is all the energy you get. So you talk to a conservative or Republican, or, or most Americans about the Green New Deal, that's what they think. Now, the Green New Deal is now something I've never heard before until you told me, you know, fusion ignition mm-hmm. from Lawrence Livermore Lab that totally changes it. Now, that's a whole different issue. Well, my version and, of it is. My version of it well, is. Well, see, that's what we need but to hear the, about. I think, what, I think what most people think of when they hear the Green New Deal is, you know, economic despair for me or, or, or right. my community. And mm-hmm. this is this is and this is something that has become a wedge issue for the Republican and Democratic Party that doesn't need to be. Let me put let me put the two policies um, together. So you have okay. a Build Back Better, which is kind of like your moderate Biden Democrat program, 
and the Green New Deal. The two, and the main difference between the two programs is that it accomplishes the same thing, but the mm-hmm. Green, but the the Build Back Better program puts the bill on the middle class and the working class. Okay, Green New Deal says, you know, yeah, we're going to shut down your coal plant and your coal town, but we're going to relocate you, we're going to retrain you, and we're going to, you know, give everybody the economic relief they need to get back, to, you know, get back to to zero. Mm-hmm. Build Back Better doesn't want to do doesn't want to do any of that. They're saying, well, that's just tough. That's life sport. Um, you know, here's five hundred dollars for you know moving costs. Good luck. And and that's and that's where you turn that's where you turn working class people, um, you know, into Republicans right there and then in there over that kind of an, you know contemptible uh, energy policy. So that's the See, I don't think of working class people as a Democrat or a Republican. They they go where their interests are. So yeah. there's both Democrats and Republicans. They go where their interests are. People. I've been working class, you know, my whole life. I haven't had the, the career that I expected. Um, but let me give mm-hmm. you, well, let me just just tell you real something quickly because um, I want to get you interested in what mm-hmm. we do here at Action Radio, and then please feel free to share it. Uh, our bills are nonpartisan. Okay. Um, one of the most mm-hmm. I think interesting ones that you might like uh, is a bill that uh, that doesn't withhold any income from people until they've earned their standard deduction. Now, Republicans would call it a tax cut. Democrats would call it uh, a working families plan. But in other words, instead of mm-hmm. having, you know, withholding start, you know, with your first paycheck, you know, January, whatever, um, that uh, no money is withheld from your paycheck until you've earned your standard deduction. So essentially you're getting your, your refund a year, you know, th- you're not having the money taken out. So the refund you would have gotten a year later is actually up front. That I think would be a huge thing, but that's I think the kind it's of a great thing. idea. Well, thank you. That's kind of some of the legislation that we have. And, here. and so go ahead. And here's something else to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it we have to calculate our own tax bill? And if we do it wrong, we go to jail. <laughs> this, you know, um, I saw an article about this. Able to, yeah, that's just an article. On yeah, the, 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 it was on Adam's ruin. It was on a show called Adam Ruins Everything, and it was great. And okay. this is a program that actually Reagan liked. And the, the tax uh, the tax preparation people lobby shut it down. But the hmm. thing is, is that the governments have the technology for years to basically send you your tax bill, and then you can disagree with it or pay it or whatever you want to do. Um, but the idea that we should figure out and do the government's job for them, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 preposterous. And if we do a bad job, it's on us, and we go to jail. Come on. So this is a what I'm talking about is a system called free file. Okay. And it basically says the government sends you your bill, and then you, you can pay it, you can uh, dispute it, you can you know do what you want with it at that point. But it essentially takes the the onus off of people who really don't know much about tax system to you know not know anything about the tax system if that's what they want. Well, they already and, have the um, information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading an article on this this morning. Yeah. They already have your they tax have information. information. They know how much you make. Everything's already, already reported. <laughs> so are they just testing your honesty? I mean, what are the, what is the purpose of, of filing a tax return? Uh, it's a good question. Exactly. It's a good question. That's the thing. Uh, I've always said in government, you need to be proactive. And most you know, people in government are reactive. A problem happens. How do I spin it? Uh, right. Like, hey, this person, you know, this person took care of a problem. He's Palestine. I didn't even know <laughs> yeah. that I, you know, that needed to be solved before I did it. Yeah. You know, um, well, if we uh, so, people won't have I, to file for a refund if the money's not taken in the first place. So that might be a, so an interesting addition um, to your plan there. My only concern with the IRS, you know, figuring my taxes, I still gonna have to check whether they figured it correctly. I mean, how do I know? No, yeah. If they just send me a bill. 
You know, where, and it's one no, thing to dispute your bill from Walmart. It's another thing to dispute your bill from the IRS. It's a totally different uh, power structure. Well, yeah, I mean, you can still dispute it. You can still file a, you know, a return and everything, but this just makes it easier for people who don't want to deal with it and say, you know, well, I trust the government or whatever it is. <laughs> and, yeah, and, well, most people, know, do it that way. Uh, they, have, they have their mortgage interest and they have their, um, did that, I could not deduct what I'm thinking of, the exemption or the, the, uh, the standard mm-hmm. deduction. So most people say, if you figure the standard deduction for those that own a home, the mortgage interest deduction, that's most people's taxes. Yeah. Well, right. that's be there should be an easy formula to to, to figure that out, yeah. um, exactly. you know, or yeah. And but, to, but I don't like the idea of having to file for money that the government shouldn't have taken in the first place. So we really need to. I think for most people, if they only had to file their mortgage interest deduction, that'd be great because and then the renters would have whatever credit from the states and stuff. But if you just take out the standard deduction amount, that way those that use the standard mm-hmm. deduction they don't have to file for that because they've already got it. It was never taken from them. So that, that to me is, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to get with withholding anyway, um, but uh, that'd be a simpler way to do it. Okay. Take our legislation. Yeah, we'll, yeah, be, we'll be sending information back and forth. I think we have some ideas you'll like, and I, and, uh, uh, and I want to talk more about this, this Green New Deal and the other things um, where we're probably going to disagree, guaranteed uh, income uh, and Medicare mm-hmm. for all. Uh, we can, I've got some ideas on that, but uh, let's talk, and I'm glad we're talking now. Okay. Yeah. Sounds Contact good. information. Uh, uh, last impressions, anything yeah, you want so, to say? Go ahead. No, just uh, uh, you can find all this stuff, Bianca for San Francisco.org. Uh, you can find our YouTube channel if you want to see like videos of Nancy Pelosi being a complete hypocrite. Just go to the YouTube and search Bianca for San Francisco. There's some great stuff there. Um, and uh, I'd appreciate any support from the, uh, what, what am I talking to, Pensacola area right now? Mobile no, you're talking to the world. Like we're, we're worldwide. <clears throat> we're not huge, though, because we're oh. suppressed. But uh, it's, it's uh, mostly national, but about 85% yeah. national, about 15% uh, worldwide. And the, the biggest country, well, we got uh, Marco in the Netherlands. He's always listening. Uh, he's on our live chat. Mm-hmm. And so people can call him live chat. Uh, we've got a Skype line uh, for, for when we're live. And, of course, most of our listeners still are podcasts. And so we cover weird places, Sri Lanka, the Solomon Islands, um, Thailand, um, Argentina. You know, I mean, we're literally worldwide, <clears throat> but there aren't a, a huge amount of listeners. Most of them are in the United States or England, uh, Canada, Australia. Well, that's one Australia. thing we have in common right there. We've got 400 people working on our team. Most of them are virtual. We've got kids in the Czech Republic in Kyoto. Oh, I love it. Um, you know, working to end Nancy Pelosi, people around the world. We just hate oh, this person, and um, so yeah, we've done we we built quite an organization. I'd like to tell you about one project next time. It's called Project sure. Notebook, and um, it basically involves giving school credit to kids who help the campaign. Um, so uh, yeah, I have to get running. Uh, it was great. No, I appreciate it. It's good to have you on. The people there, and I, I look forward to uh, talking again. This is going to be fun. Let me uh, get my, my quick round of applause for you here. Let me scroll down here. Ah, here we go. So welcome to our Action Radio family. And uh, if uh, we could probably do either a regular report or just, you know, when it's, when it's convenient, just tell me ahead of time. Uh, I always have several hours per week that are open. And I, I do that intentionally. This has been fun. All right. Sounds great. Good yeah, I agree. All right. All right. Thank you, Bianca. All right. Have a good week. All right. Take care. All right.
Bianca von Krieg, um, fascinating person. And uh, like I say, we don't get a chance to get a whole lot of insights into progressive socialists, but we're going to find areas where we agree, areas where we disagree. But uh, the whole point is we're talking. That's the, that is the main uh, uh, goal of this. And I have a ton of questions. Like I had no idea uh, about this, about the, the fusion. So now I have to look this up. You know me, I like to confirm stuff. But I thought it was a great chat, and and uh, Bianca's going to be back. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just we have, I have uh, far more questions than I could have possibly answered in an hour, and most of the questions were generated during this hour. So uh, let's see where we go next time. All right, I didn't play a single one of our our commercials, so I have to do them all now. <laughs> so uh, listen in, uh, see what you think. We've got affiliate groups, we've got different things that we do, and a couple things like that. And of course, our our musical selection for today. Um, but the the big thing is is the websites uh, also to share. Share the show, share our bills. So we're at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction is our show site. Our legislative site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. My substack, gregpengliss.substack.com. Our contribution site, givesendgo.com slash actionradio. And I'll play a few things here. And then our musical, our classic selection. And I'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Tomorrow it's going to be Waco. I think I've got two hours. Uh, So we're going to cover a lot of the... uh, uh, the anniversary of the, the, the massacre at Waco um, by the Clinton administration, Janet Reno in particular. And so we will talk tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans. 
had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elba Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engine. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.